Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Superflex Super Show proudly brings to you Sam Stompy Lane. You know, your introduction reminds me of a circus, and I think it's a very apt introduction for us. <laughs> I'm James the Brain, and we are the Superflex Super Show. And if you're not down with that, again, we got two words for you. Start sits. That's right. We're here back with our start sits. We're going to do them all. We're not breaking it up into two sessions, Stompy. I think the people have spoken. I know your success rate is awesome, and I'm here just for entertainment. I'm like the clown at the circus. So I, I think they just want us to do it. So let's just do it this week. Let's do all the matchups right here, right now. What do you say? I, I mean, listen. I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I'm pretty good at this. So uh, I think everybody will be responsive to me being part of all of their start sit decisions. I think so too. Uh, I've, I've, you know, you, uh, you take accountability on Twitter for all your start sits and, uh, and I, I've been monitoring them closely. You're, you're definitely good at this. So I'll, I'll give you that. That's, that's about the only positive thing I'm going to say this episode about you though. So I appreciate kinda, that. Kind of take that. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So before we get started, I do want to let our listeners know about another great podcast and that is the trade addicts podcast. Look every week host Russ Fisher and Brian Har examine new and uh, news and action from the NFL and work it all in the actionable dynasty trade advice. They'll review trades to examine your value and situations. You can find them again on Podbean, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, and as well as on dynastyleaguefootball.com as part of the great DLF family of podcasts. All right, Stompy. So before we get into this, one more quick throw to you. I'm going to throw it. To, I'm, I'm actually going to cover some of the injuries. Please go ahead and, uh, and go do that with Ethan right quick, okay? All right, so now I'm here with Ethan. Hey, Ethan, before we get started, uh, Ethan Turner, our resident doctor, um, he can be found at eTurnerFF underscore PT on Twitter. Make sure you're following him. All these injuries that he's going to give you, he's going to provide updates on Twitter with. Um, he's always very quick and, uh, and knowledgeable on what's going on, and he'll be uh, he'll be your guide to some of these injuries that, are, that we're going to discuss here that are uh, prevalent to your fantasy team. So, uh, Ethan... Thanks again for doing this with us, and let's start with Jacoby Brissett. This this is one for me I'm really interested in, right, because this week the Colts are at home against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, it's there, there's some bye weeks here. If if he plays, it's all systems go, man. So what are we? what's going on with Jacoby Brissett? What exactly is the injury he's dealing with, and what do you think? Do you think he plays? So Brissett's dealing with an MCL sprain, and uh, basically what happened was his – uh, I believe it was Quentin Nelson got kind of pushed back into him. Probably the only time that you'll ever hear that Quentin Nelson got pushed back, but um, basically gets pushed back. He kind of stepped on his ankle a little bit. So, um, and then eventually fell onto the out, you know, he, uh, Brissett was backing up to pass. So he fell onto that lead leg um, kind of on the outside of the leg, pushing the knee in uh, spraining that MCL, the joint, the ligament on the inside of the knee there. So, uh, Brissett is a game time decision this week. Um, really, really a true game time decision. If there ever was one, I, I think that, uh, there's plenty of reasons why the team could, could opt to not go with Brissett. They didn't look horrendous. Um, last week when he went down as far as almost beat my Steelers, which they probably should have. Um, so 
playing against a pretty weak opponent in Miami. They might say that they can win that game without Brissett um, and choose to give him some rest, hoping for a playoff run. You know, surprising, I guess, that we're talking about the the Colts sans Andrew Luck, which it's almost like we've forgotten that Andrew Luck was a thing as like just last year because of how well Brissett has played. Um, but now they're dealing with Brissett's injury. I think they're going to be a little care- careful with this one. He's probably going to sit, um, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I man, that that's – that's going to be one that we're going to have to monitor, and that's a waiter kickoff too. So that's going to be a tough one. Um, if you're, if you're, uh, you're playing the waiting game, it sounds like maybe, maybe uh, your your safer bet is to kind of pass at this point um, because a two game time decision that's tough. But let's let's go on to uh, Brissett's teammate Ty Hilton. What's going on with Ty? I mean, I I thought that he was closer to playing than what it seems like it's being reported, but we know that some some wacky reports have been out there too. So, Ethan, give us your diagnosis. What's going on with this injury, and what can we expect from Ty, or when can we expect him back? Hilton's injury is kind of an interesting one because, again, it happened pretty late in the week last week. I don't even know if we covered this on last week's episode just because really hadn't heard much about it at that point. Um, He's dealing with a calf strain. Uh, obviously missed week nine uh, after being kind of downgraded late in the week with that that calf strain. And now they're talking about this being a kind of a multi-week injury. We know that TY has a history of the soft tissue injuries. So this isn't super surprising, but they're talking around three to four weeks. I think it's probably going to be closer to two to three, but um, still, I don't expect him to suit up in this game. Um, similar similar logic behind this one uh, as it, what I was talking about with Bursette and that I don't know if they need Hilton in this game to win. Um, I think that they're, they're going to rely on the running game to kind of carry him to the promised land. Um, and Zach Pascal looks like he could be a guy that uh, could have some pretty nice streaming option again this week. Yeah, we've seen Pascal work well with Brissett and uh, last week with Hoyer as well. So uh, definitely he he seems like he's going to be part of the game plan moving forward. Uh, he and maybe even Chester Rogers, who got some targets too with uh, Paris Campbell now, uh, looking like uh, looking like he might, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about his injury a little bit later. But um you know, it looks like he he might be dealing with an injury too. So let's move on to Preston Williams because this is a guy who was really impressing uh, a lot of us, you know, in his rookie season. One of the rare bright spots in Miami this year. Uh, what's going on with Preston Wilson? We got some bad news with his injury, didn't we? Yeah, Williams, this one is tough. Uh, so he's dealing he, – he tore his ACL in that game. He's going to be out for the season, obviously. Um, you know, this is just one of those cases where um, while – there were obviously multiple red flags coming into the league with Williams um, from a, a personal standpoint. One of the things that I, uh, one of the things that I do in the off season is go through and basically find the injury histories for quite a few college players. And Williams was one that had an injury in his past that kind of jumped out to me a little bit. He, uh, he tore his knee up pretty bad in high school. And that was part of the reason why he wasn't recruited more heavily. Um, I think he ended up in t- at Tennessee um, and then eventually transferred. But uh, you know, this was this was one of those things where his history may have may have preceded him a bit with this. And I always say that previous injury is our best indicator of future injury. Um, I haven't been able to uh, 
they didn't report his high school injury if it was his right leg or left leg. So I can't say for sure if it's the same knee. Um, however, it is kind of interesting that 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 has now creeped up again. You know, he was a high injury risk before dating back to high school. So this is um, while it is a bummer for a guy that that really was breaking out. Um, I think it just is, again, kind of points back to how important it is to 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 know what these guys history are. And there's a few other guys we'll talk about later, but um, that their injury histories are also playing a little bit of a role on how we can kind of uh, pseudo predict the future. I won't say that I can predict the future, but um, I, I think that it's interesting how these things all kind of interconnect as these players get older. So obviously a big, big bummer for Williams. Um, the dolphins probably are happy that uh, they don't have to worry about him winning them any more games, but uh, still, you got to you got to feel for a young guy who who just gets into the league, just gets a chance that was really starting to break out. Um, uh, as far as a replacement for him for Miami, um, I mean Devontae Parker looks like he could still have some value with Fitzpatrick as long as he's starting. Jakeem Grant is probably going to slide in. I don't know if he's going to have really any fantasy value. Um, the running back is suspended now, so Mark Walton suspended. So Kalen Balash has stone hands, so I don't expect him to catch passes. Um, so we'll see. Maybe Miles Gaskin, Patrick Light. Uh, I think his last name is pronounced Laird, but I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Those guys could be uh, mm-hmm. could be seeing some targets as well. So be kind of an interesting week for the Dolphins. Yeah, I really like the idea that we can kind of look back at uh, previous injuries and, and injury history as as potential indicators of what could be uh, what could be coming uh, in the future. That's that's neat. I'd definitely like to hear more on that. I think our listeners would enjoy that too. Um, so we'll we'll have to we'll have to find some time to uh, to kind of go into that because I think that that's something that uh, that we could all kind of learn a little bit from. So uh, what, let's go on to the next player, though. For now, we got Le'Veon Bell. Um, his his situation is interesting. He, we got a scare. He was going to get an MRI. Um, what what kind of came of that? What do we expect for Le'Veon Bell? Is it a serious injury? or? Uh, yeah, the MRI came back relatively clean. He's dealing with kind of a knee sprain. Um, and then now I've, he, I've heard some rumblings that maybe his ankle is bothering him, too. Um, this seems like pretty classic running back is just getting banged up from just heavy usage, uh, throughout the season. Um, you know, he did come back, uh, he, he didn't practice on Wednesday. He did come back with a limited session on Thursday. So, uh, another game time decision, but I do think there's a pretty good chance that he ends up playing through this. Um, but, but we'll have to see. Okay. All right. Well that, yeah, that sounds kind of like, uh, kind of like, you know, a, a good thing. I mean, especially if he can play through it this this week, playing the Giants, it's a pretty nice matchup uh, for Le'Veon Bell. So if he can play through it, I think a lot of people would probably want to fire him up. So let's go to some of these other injuries that I know you've touched on previously, but let's, let's kind of give an update on some of these. Uh, so the, the Arizona running back situation is interesting. Kenyon Drake got the start on Thursday night football against San Francisco last week, and he looked pretty good. Um, he really did. But now wh- what do we expect moving forward with David Johnson and Chase Edmonds? I mean, both these guys have been hurt and both these guys, um, you know, I, I, I guess I don't know what to expect moving forward when they're going to be back. What do you think? So Johnson is of the two is probably more likely to return uh, as soon as this week. He's been doing with an ankle sprain, uh, tentatively expecting him to play this week um, as long as he doesn't have any setbacks 
on Friday or Saturday, you know, we, we, we should, we should feel pretty good about him coming back this week. Um, we'll see what that split looks like again. Can catch passes. That's kind of where David Johnson has made his money as a fantasy asset. So if he starts cutting into his, his uh, pass catching ability, then uh, Johnson takes a really big hit there um, as far as fantasy value. Edmonds is dealing with a hamstring strain still. Um, I don't expect him back this week. I just don't see any reason for them to rush him back. And uh, again, they they were they sounded like they were, it was a pretty serious injury when it first happened. So um, I just think it's a little too soon for to expect Ed, Edmonds back. Okay, so so we can sounds like we can probably expect DJ to play, um, and then Edmonds we might have to wait a week for, maybe even longer. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be something to monitor those guys and see how the roles are uh, are used. For now, it looks like three potential relevant backs there in Arizona. So let's move on to Matt Ryan because th- this is an interesting one, especially for fantasy owners. I mean, Matt Ryan, the, the Falcons haven't been good, but Matt Ryan in the passing game has put up points, whether it's been garbage time or not. So Matt Ryan's a guy that people have been leaning on. Can we expect to uh, him to be available this week? So Ryan is dealing with an ankle sprain um, that, that actually caused him to miss a game there. Obviously coming off the bye, um, he should hopefully – uh, be healed up at this point. Um, he is practicing. Uh, he was limited on Wednesday and Thursday, so uh, they're expecting him to play. But I'd still kind of be cautious with it. You know, this this Saints defense uh, is looking really good right now, um, and they're looking to kind of pressure him. And if he's not a hundred percent, which I don't expect him to be, he's not probably not. He's not super mobile as it is. Um, with this defense coming at him, you know, I think this could be one of those Matt Ryan games where. Everything's lining up for him to be a fantasy asset, you know, solid uh, quarterback one, and it just does not happen because he just cannot make the decisions fast enough to uh, get the ball out in time. So um, I'd be cautious, cautiously optimistic if he plays. Um, the spread for this game is obviously very large, so uh, there's a chance that he can give us some garbage time. He could have a great game, um, but. Uh, I think we should just kind of temper expectations because he isn't a hundred percent in this defense that he's going up against has been playing very well. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The the most, I guess you can hope for with Matt Ryan is some garbage time here, but, uh, but yeah, ca- uh, you know, proceed with caution. It sounds like with him because of that injury. So that's interesting. Now we go to Cam Newton. This is a guy that we mentioned several times on here, but it, it's, doesn't sound good. Sounds like that foot um, really wasn't healing the way that uh, they were expecting it to. What, what kind of happened with Cam and, uh, and what, what can we expect moving forward now with him? So Cam, Cam ended up on the IR this week, which is uh, I think surprising because they could have made this decision earlier. Um, again, foot injuries. Uh, we talk about them. I talk about them all the time. They're, they're not easy to rehab. I think people just expect – oh, well, you know, the timeline, the Google machine tells me that this is going to be four to six weeks and it's not going to be a big deal and it's going to be, he's going to be back fine, no worries. And that's just not how these foot injuries go. If you see a guy go down with a foot injury, you need to expect a significant amount of time missed and and possibly this being worst case scenario that it didn't heal the way they expected it to. He's going to need even more time uh, so they're going to put him on IR, give him the rest of the year off. Um, hopefully, 
they're playing well without him. So I, I'm sure that the team expects them to at least be competitive, maybe try to get in a sneak into the playoffs there. And, you know, with Christian McCaffrey running the ball, you know, you, you've always got a chance to be in those games. So uh, a bummer if you had Cam Newton, um, but I think for his foot and for his career long term, this is probably a good thing, um, even if it is kind of a bummer from a fantasy perspective. So you're telling me he's going to clear medicals for the Bears next year when they say no? I'm just joking. Um, I won't say anything about where he's going to go, but <laughs> <laughs> would not be surprised if they called him. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a nice fit with Matt Nagy, but I, I I won't speculate anymore either. Let's go to another foot injury, like you said with foot injuries. Well, this uh, this I believe was was an ankle injury, but AJ Green. Um, I mean, we get so close to this guy coming back and. Now it seems like he's taken a step back. If he if he can take a step, I don't know. Tell tell me what's going on with AJ Green here, Ethan. Yeah, back to the foot, uh, back to the foot and ankle here. Um, so he's been dealing with this this ankle injury that he had in the preseason. This is this has been one of those that I feel like we talk about every week. And sadly, I thought we were on the path to him returning. It, everything was looking good for him returning. Um, and then this week it comes out that. On Monday, he tried to practice in full, had a lot of swelling in the ankle. Um, it wasn't feeling right to him. And that is not a good sign uh, because that means that it's one, it's not healed. And two, there's not really any way to know for sure what's going on with it. Does he need another surgery? Does he need something else done to this ankle? Um, we don't know. We don't know. And and right now they're just saying that he's out indefinitely and could end up finishing the year on IR. Um, that's me saying that. They haven't officially said that, but I, I do believe that this is a similar case to what we have with Cam Newton where they can try it and test it and do whatever they want to it. But if it isn't getting better, that this team hasn't won a game yet. There's no reason to, if they want AJ Green to be in their future plans, to trot him out there at this point. So um, I think this could be one where he ends up with the year on IR. He doesn't play at all. And again, this is this harp, harps back to do not draft injured players in the preseason. If they get hurt in the preseason, you're making probably going to make a mistake if they have a major surgery in the preseason and you're expecting them to come back and pr produce for your fantasy team. You're probably making a mistake. Yeah, that just sounds like a bummer, you know. But you, you know what? What's what, you know what's not a bummer, Ethan? What's not a bummer is what you call star healing. So let's go uh, to Patrick Mahomes, man, because it it, it sounds like he's going to play this week after missing only two weeks with two that weeks, with that injury. Man. Two uh, weeks. This is ridiculous. Star healing. 101 right here by Pat Mahomes. You got to love it. Uh, obviously, missing two weeks, and he was ready to play last week. You could just tell he wanted to get in there. Um, but so far, he has been practicing in full this week. Uh, I don't see any reason, unless the team just wants to be extra super cautious with him, that he shouldn't return on Sunday. And this is, I mean, this is one where I'm excited, just as excited as anyone else. I don't even have Pat Mahomes in any of my fantasy leagues. I just like watching the dude throw football. So uh, this is this is best case scenario, three weeks. Um, that risk of re-injury is still there. Uh, let's not let's not forget that re that re that re-injury risk is is still pretty high. So uh, that we have to be cautious on our optimism just a little bit and. Um, I do think at some point we might hear this offseason that Mahomes gets surgery to address that. But 
at this stage, he's going to put a brace on. He's going to start slinging the football, and that team's looked good without him. They're going to look even better with him. So, uh, again, this is good for football, good for fantasy, and hopefully everything goes smoothly for the rest of the year and he doesn't have any more issues with it. Yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. My favorite player to watch as far as fantasy goes, as far as football goes. He just he's so fun. Uh, so w- let's move on from him to a couple of guys, both receivers, both dealing with some head injuries here, and that's Brandon Cooks and Sterling Shepard. I, I really like both of these guys. These are two of my probably two of my top ten favorite uh, players in fantasy. Uh, so it, it's tough that they're both kind of out and dealing with some stuff. What what can we expect with these guys? Are are they going to heal up, or are we going to see them at all this year? What this is tough, and I think this is what what I was talking about earlier when we were going to have to harp back to history and. Both Cooks and Shepard came into this season with a long history of concussions. Um, We know for sure that they at least both had three on record Um, coming into the year. One can both similar situations. That's why I put them together. Uh, Concussion. They come. They leave. They come back in a week or two, depending on which one we're talking about. Get a second concussion and two concussions within the span of a month is no bueno. It is not good. Um, Both of these guys have sought a specialist in Pittsburgh. I do not know if it was the same specialist. I know someone's going to ask or be thinking that. I don't know if it was the same specialist, but they both saw uh, basically a neurologist in Pittsburgh, and they're both looking for basically what the plan is going forward, what they can do, how they can protect themselves. there is some rumblings that the Sterling Separate situation has gotten to very serious levels. Um, we're talking IR. We're talking some of his teammates uh, anonymously questioning if this is a career-threatening injury, which is not what you want to hear. Um, we've already seen one player possibly have his career ended due to concussions with Jordan Reed this year. I would hate to see a guy like Sterling Shepard, who is so young, um, have his career cut short. Uh, I think it, it, there's no denying at this point that it's going to be cut short because of this rep- this repetitive issue. The same thing with Brandon Cooks. The question is, are we ever going to see them bo- again? I expect Cooks back. The the jury is still out on Shepard. You know he has had these symptoms for a while now, so this is this is scary. I mean, these are young guys, and uh, really, they're kids. I mean, both of these guys are they 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 have so much life left to live, and it's just a a shame that you know they could be they're, they're what they're going through right now could affect them for the rest of their lives, and I think that's that's a bummer for me, um, just to talk about it because. Concussions are serious, dude. I'm telling you, concussions are serious. And yeah, and yeah, gonna, we are finding out every day more and more that concussions are serious. And um, again, I'm just speculating. I'm just reporting what is already out there. Um, you can you can go out and find the reports on the the rumblings. So uh, I'm not saying either one of these guys isn't ever going to play again. I'm just saying it's sad that we even have to discuss it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I selfishly want to see Sterling Shepard play again, just because I'm such a fan of his. However, um, I think the more important thing is that he makes the best decision for his long-term health. And that sounds like that's going to be a conversation he's going to have to sit down and really think about and have with, you know, with the people that he cares about. So um, that, that could be interesting if it gets to that point, 
um, you know, you just hope that a guy makes the best decision that he can for himself. So uh, while that's, again, man, that's that's a bummer. And like you said, concussions, I think we always knew they were serious, but now we're getting to know how serious they are. And this is, you know, multiple concussions is is something that, you know, we're we're now opening our eyes to and, and kind of the effects it can have on your long-term health. So that's, 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 again, it, it's, it's rough and, and we'll just kind of, you know, hope for the best when it comes to these two guys and, and hope they make the best decisions for their future. Um, ne- next, let's go to Alvin Kamara. And this is a guy who uh, honestly, Ethan, I just traded for this guy uh, in, in a league, uh, one of my, one of my uh, top, top priority weeks, one of, one of the weeks I really want to win. And I'm relying on him pretty heavily here. So tell me that this injury isn't too bad. Uh, yeah. Um, so with Kamara, with this, it sounds like he's going to be back this week. Uh, he's got a full practice in on Wednesday um, after missing two games uh, before the team's bye. Uh, everything is pointing towards him returning. Now, the question is, is Latavius Murray going to play a significant role? And I think that, that he played well enough in Kamara's absence to justify uh, a, a larger split. What does that split look like? I don't know. Um, again, Kamara's dealing with these injuries similar to Lev Bell. Uh, these are wear and tear injuries for a running back. These are guys who were bell cows getting worn down by the, just the grind of the NFL season. So um, I think the team's going to be a little bit more cautious with them. I think now that Breeze is back, they're they looking at Super Bowl. I mean, they're, I think that defense looks legit, and this offense looks pretty darn good too. I mean, they're trying to keep everybody healthy for the Super Bowl run. So um, they could be a little bit more cautious with him going forward in the season just because they don't want to risk losing him for that Super Bowl run. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think Kamara's the kind of back that can make an impact with limited touches too. And so I, I well, well, it will hurt him, you know, I think a little bit if that, if the timeshare does, it, you know, uh, become closer to a, to a true 50-50 split. Uh, I, I, I think that he's one of those guys that uh, doesn't need a lot of touches to, to really um, be able to make his fantasy day. So that's, that's the good thing there. Um, I could also see this week, uh, New Orleans at home against Atlanta. And like you said, with Matt Ryan being banged up, I could see New Orleans getting out to a pretty big lead. And then maybe, you know, maybe they just hand this thing over, you know, this week to, to, uh, you know, have, have Kamara, you know, maybe work the first, first half and, and, uh, and then just let it go to Latavius Murray. Uh, so that, that could, could help him, uh, you know, uh, could help him, uh, perceive his, uh, preserve himself a little bit longer into the season but let's uh let's move on to James Conner this this is an interesting one because uh James Conner I don't I don't know much about this injury I know that it 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 was a uh it was a sprain but tell tell me a little bit more about what he's going through and uh kind of how long this is gonna affect him yeah so Conner is dealing with a, a shoulder sprain which is basically your AG your AC joint um your a chromioclavicular joint, for those of you that want to know what AC stands for, it's basically where your clavicle meets the point of your shoulder, which is called your acromion. That's why it's called the AC joint. A um, little bit of health lesson there. But basically, um, they're still expecting him to miss. They expected him to miss a couple weeks. Um, they're not expecting him to play this week. Uh, he obviously didn't play last week. Um, but he has returned to practice. So it should – everything's pointing toward next week being – a good return point for Connor. Um, 
based on what we saw with Jalen Samuels, man, that, that is a guy that is uh, fun to have in a PPR league. Let me tell you that. Uh, he was just an absolute PPR vacuum last week. And I think, I think we can expect to see a lot of the same, um, despite how frustrating it is for me as a Steelers fan to watch the team dump off for five yards at a time. Uh, it, it is kind of, it's kind of funny to watch, watch a guy just rack up catches and Samuels looks so smooth when he does it. I really do think that uh, while I think his, his skills as a runner um, are not quite up to par yet, uh, his pass catching skills out of the backfield are, are, are really top notch. So Again, I think we see another Samuels week uh, in PPR, and I think we expect. I think we should expect Connor back um, as soon as next week. All right, Ethan, tell me a little bit about OJ Howard. What's going on with him? We're dealing with a hamstring strain here with Howard. Uh, he has practiced in full on Thursday, so everything is pointing towards him returning. He's got a good matchup this week against Arizona. Uh, that hasn't really played out well at all yet this season for Howard. He's been probably uh, one of my five biggest disappointments in fantasy this year is just, he just can't seem to get the thing going. So hopefully the team can kind of open him up. Uh, There were rumblings about him possibly getting traded. He was dealing with this injury. Hopefully, hopefully somebody on this team will look at him and go, we need to use this guy better than what we're using him right now. So Arizona's a good team to do that against, uh, and we can just hope that O.J. Howard gets unlocked finally this week. Okay, so let's let's wrap this up with another tight end. Dwayne Walker, I I don't know if more people are, and again, obviously we never want to see anybody get hurt, but I I don't know if more people are rooting for him to play this week or for him to just kind of miss this week again because Janu Smith has been been pretty good. So uh, what's going on with Dwayne Walker? Are we expecting him back? So Walker's dealing with that ankle injury that's been bothering him kind of all year. Uh, he has shed the walking boot, which is a nice sign, but it doesn't really appear like he's going to be ready for a return. I think Smith remains a pretty viable streaming option. Good deal. Ethan, thank you so much for everything. Again, follow Ethan. Uh, you can follow Ethan Turner on Twitter at eTurnerFF underscore PT. Make sure that you're following him. He's going to update you on all these injuries. He's he's an excellent Twitter follow. And, uh, and it, a lot of times the threads that you share, Ethan, um, not only – do they uh, provide knowledge that we're not getting anywhere else about these injuries, but it's also giving us a timeline and, uh, and, a, a you know, a realistic um, expectations on what we can expect when we uh, get, when these players do come back. So uh, again, make sure you're following Ethan. He's fantastic on Twitter. Ethan, thank you again for doing this with us. And uh, I'm going to get back with Stompy so we can go ahead and uh, finish up the start sits here. All right, we're back here. So, Stompy, let's let's get this going. Uh, of course, a game that I am supremely interested in. The Buffalo Bills are going to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. Can the Browns get off the snide? I don't know. But really, for fantasy purposes, who's usable in this game? Who are we staying away from? What do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to say no to the Browns getting off the snide. Uh, all right, you, we're not, we, we didn't bring you on for that. All right, Just tell me well, who I can use, all right? I I just wanted to rub that into your face a little bit. The the Bills defense is supremely underrated, I think. Uh, they're never really mentioned with those top defenses in the league, though they are one of the top defenses in the league in terms of uh, DVOA. Um, so, yeah, for green lights, 
this week, uh, it, mostly Bills, uh, John Brown and Josh Allen, uh, both green lights this week. The uh, Cleveland Browns have just not been overly fantastic against the pass, we'll, we'll say. Um, they have given up the 12th most fantasy points to quarterbacks on the season. Uh, and, and with Josh Allen, he's got a relatively high floor because he can run the ball. Um, he is the QB 13 on the season. Uh, he has <clears throat> he has one game, sorry, two games of less than 20 points, but one of those games was 19.2 fantasy points. So, I mean, you can basically expect 20-plus fantasy points week in, week out, even though he's not – throwing the ball a ton he's he like i said runs the ball he's got four rushing touchdowns as well so um a a combination of that plus a relatively i guess poor uh pass defense by the cleveland browns equates to a good floor maybe not a high ceiling but at least a very good floor for josh allen you can expect 20 points from him especially in super flex uh john brown uh as i mentioned the um brown's Though they have names in their secondary, at least at the cornerback positions, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams have not been overly fantastic against uh, wide receivers uh, this season. Uh, last to week, be they fair, too, real quick. I'm sorry, but to be fair, they oh, they fine. missed a bunch of time too. They they just came well, back last week. Granted, but. Uh, they did give up 17.3 fantasy points to Cortland Sutton. Julian Edelman at 27.5 the week before. Uh, three Seattle Seahawks had double-digit fantasy points the week before. So they do give up fantasy points. Now, they don't give up a tremendous amount of fantasy points, but John Brown being the wide receiver one there um, and him getting consistent targets week in, week out. Um, and uh, as I as I look for his stats here, I'm – he gets five or more targets in every week. Uh, like I said, he is the uh, Bills wide receiver one for all intents and purposes. He's had double digits fantasy points in every game except for one. And then that one, he had 9.5 fantasy points. So it's not like he had a, a bad game. So um, I think he is a green light this week because you, you can rely on him getting double digit fantasy points um, and getting those targets. Uh, so I feel pretty good about starting him. Um and then we can get into uh, two running backs here. I think Singletary has taken over for Frank Gore. We saw uh, Singletary last week and what he did um, against the uh, against the Washington Football Club. Um, he he had uh, twenty fantasy points, ninety five yards on twenty carries. I believe Frank Gore had double digit carries. Uh, I would have to look that up, but he was l far less effective. Yeah, he had eleven. He had eleven carries for fifteen yards, so he was far less effective than Singletary. So it looks like Singletary has taken over that starting job for the Bills. Um, so Singletary is a start as well. Uh, the the uh, Browns have not been good against running backs this season. They've allowed the ninth most fantasy points to running backs on the season. Uh, so Singletary's a start, and then the I guess matchup we're, we're gonna call him matchup proof because he is matchup proof. Nick Chubb, you just have to get him the ball, Freddie Kitchens. Get Nick Chubb the ball, Freddie Kitchens. Um, he is the RB6 on the season, he has double digit fantasy points in every game. His lowest fantasy point total of the season was 11.5 in week one, so he's had higher than 11.5 fantasy points in every game. 
the rest of the way. He's involved in the pass game. He's not the most targeted, but he's at least targeted. Yes, I know Kareem Hunt's coming back. I do, I'm not afraid of Kareem Hunt. I mean, first and foremost, it's his first game back. We have no idea if he's going to be in football shape. Second, he had the hernia surgery earlier this season, so he, that's another knock against him. And third, Nick Chubb is one of the best rushing running backs in the game, and you're not going to take the ball out of his hands to give it to a guy who may not even be on the team next season. Chubb is arguably the best player on that offense and they need to give him the ball in order to win so I, i'm just not afraid of cream hunt nick chubb is matchup proof um i'm starting nick chubb every week but this week especially because the bills if there's a weakness for the bills um defense it's against running backs they've allowed the 14th most fantasy points they allowed 108 yards last week to adrian peterson 96 to jordan howard the week before um Miles Sanders had another 74 that week as well. Uh, they allowed 78 yards and a touchdown to Derrick Henry. So they are susceptible to the run. And Nick, and Nick Chubb is probably – well, I mean, they did face Saquon Barkley uh, in week two, but they're probably the second best running back they've faced this season. So um, Nick Chubb is a must start. Uh, yellow lights. I, I mentioned Gore. Cleveland, like I said, is not good against running back. I still think that Gore can get double-digit carries – uh, and be effective on the ground. Uh, so if he gets 50 yards, I wouldn't be surprised by that. If he gets a touchdown, then you made your day there. Um, I personally wouldn't be starting Gore just because of the presence of Singletary, but uh, with these bye weeks, and, and I think we're in bye week hell a little bit here, um, Gore might be an option uh, just because the Browns, like I said, have been so bad against the run. Um, On to Beasley. Beasley has not been – the most involved, I suppose, uh, in terms of uh, the passing game, or as much as we would like. He only had two targets last week. Uh, he had another game that he only had three targets. But he's had three straight games of a touchdown, so he's getting touchdowns. He has double-digit um, fantasy points in five of eight. Uh, he had another two games where he had nine over nine, nine or more points. So he's still involved. You're just not expecting the ceiling from him, which I don't think you ever were because he's more of a slot receiver with like a short uh, yards per target. So, uh, but he's still, I guess, startable if you need him as a flex uh, this week. He's still getting into the end zone, so. That's okay, um, and and I don't think that the uh, the Browns have any uh, a lot to stop the slot receivers as well. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, and then we have Odell Beckham Jr. and I I really debated putting him in as a red light this week because he gets Tre'Davious White, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Um, he is a wide receiver 24. He's not getting near the targets that a lot of people would like uh, from their from their wide receiver one and, and who was a top five wide receiver at one point in time. Um, but, I mean, he, he is getting the targets. He's had six or more targets in every game. But like I said, the Bu Buffalo Bills have been good uh, against wide receivers. Uh, they have allowed the six fewest fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. Um they really just don't allow yard yards or touchdowns for that matter. I mean, the last double digit game they gave up was when week eight to Alshon Jeffrey, who only had 10.4 fantasy points. Devontae Parker and Preston Williams did actually have good games against them. And the best game they had that they gave up was Jamison Crowder in week one. So yeah, I, I just, 
it's it's hard to trust the passing offense for Cleveland. It's hard to trust OBJ, but especially against the uh, Buffalo Bills defense. And then red lights, uh, I, I mentioned it's hard to trust the uh, Browns passing game, but Baker Mayfield's a, a red light. Um, the Bills have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to QBs this season. Baker, I believe, is the uh, QB 25 on the season, which is far and away not what people expected this season, especially for those who thought that he was the a top two dynasty uh, fantasy quarterback. So, yeah, uh, I don't want to. No, I do want to. I, I keep I want to keep dancing on those graves a little bit because this is why we don't crown people without actual statistics. Um so yeah, Baker Mayfield not trusting him this week. I mean, he hasn't been good all season. He's facing a very good uh defense against quarterbacks. Kareem Hunt has a red light as well. Listen, it's his first game back. He had hernia surgery this offseason. We don't know if he's going to be in football shape. We don't know how much he's going to play in his first game. Um the Bills have been I guess relatively weak against the run, but I mean, I don't expect Kareem Hunt to get that many touches. I mean, five carries, sure, maybe maybe a few targets, but I don't think that's going to amount to much. And I, I don't. I think there are better options out there this week than Kareem Hunt. Let's just see what he does in his first couple weeks before we start starting him. Um, and then uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, the the Bills have just don't give up fantasy points to wide receivers. They don't give them up to. Um, to slot receivers either. I mean, Jamison Crowder was the one they gave up to. Um, beyond that, I mean, Tyler Boyd had an okay game, but he only had 67 yards. Um, and then nobody else really in the slot. So I'm just not starting Jarvis Landry this week. And then none of the tight ends. The Bills have been very good against tight ends this season. And then I don't think you're trusting either of the Buffalo Bills tight ends, the, um, Dawson Knox or Tyler Croft. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with any of that, Stompy. I, first off, I appreciate the fact that you are pleading with Freddie Kitchens to get Nick Chubb the ball because uh, I know that's been something that I've been doing for weeks now. Um, so I, I appreciate that as a Browns fan and uh, as somebody who has Chubb rostered almost all over the place. So, um, yeah, there's that. I, I think Kareem Hunt, it's interesting. I, I, I'd probably put him as more of a yellow light personally. The main reason being is because I could see a role where uh, one of a couple things happens. Either A, the Browns are behind and they use Kareem Hunt as their pass catching back. Um and and Chubb can can catch passes, but they've they've you know they they've subbed him out uh, a lot of times in clear pass catching, you know, um situations. And I could see Kareem Hunt filling that role which could be interesting in a PPR format. And I could also see Kareem Hunt, if, if Buffalo is smart, or if Cleveland's smart, rather, which uh, I know people are probably laughing at the concept of Cleveland doing something intelligent. But if, if they are, they're going to run the ball a ton. They're going to get the ball to their backs a lot because this Buffalo defense is, is very good against the pass. If you're going to beat them, it's against the run. They're kind of middle of the pack against the run right now. So that's really how you want to attack this team. And I could see both Chubb and Kareem Hunt having high carry counts. Obviously, <clears throat> I would guess that Chubb is probably – three to one to, to hunt to start this off. And, uh, and I don't know that it gets any better for, for hunt moving forward, but uh, that's, that's my, the only thing I would say is that I could, I could see that being a, a more of a yellow light. But um, other than that, I don't have any problem with anything that you said. I think everything's pretty much spot on there. Um, 
So I'm going to go to the next game. I have the Arizona uh, Cardinals going to Tampa Bay to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My first green light is Kyler Murray. Well, Tampa Bay is terrible against opposing quarterbacks. I think they've given up the third most points uh, to opposing quarterbacks all year. Um, so they're, they're, uh, they're giving up a lot of points. Kyler Murray has been playing a lot better lately. Um, even Thursday night when they played San Francisco, um, you know, he, he had a pretty decent game fantasy wise. So uh, I think if you're looking for fantasy points, Kyler Murray is a nice, uh, a nice lower option um, that you can, you can look at and you can use. So he's a green light for me. I lock him in. Jameis Winston is a green light for me too. Arizona is terrible against quarterbacks as well. I think they've given up the fourth most points to quarterbacks, to opposing quarterbacks in fantasy this year. So, um, you know, that being said, both these quarterbacks are locks. Um, I don't like Jameis Winston long-term. Obviously, as I've stated, um, he throws a lot of interceptions. He just makes a lot of boneheaded plays, but this is a really good matchup to use him in. Arizona is better against the run than they are the pass. Um, and so I think uh, to move the ball, uh, Tampa Bay is going to be <clears throat> better suited to throw the ball. Chris Godwin is my other green light. Look, I, I like I said, this these passing games are, are very good. But here's the thing. The reason why Mike Evans isn't a green light for me is because he's probably going to be matched up more times than not uh, against Patrick Peterson, who's still playing very well, um, despite what you might believe. You know, the, the, the numbers are still very good. He's, he's a good cornerback. And so I like Chris Godwin a little bit more. I think this is a Godwin week where, you know, if he's not matched up against Patrick Peterson, this is the guy that, that I think they'll be targeting in that offense. And then with Arizona, it's really tough to know which pass catching option is going to to really uh, be the guy there. Um, I could see them spreading the ball out a lot and uh, none of them having huge days, but all of them being startable. So those are the only three players I have for green lights in this game. My yellow lights start with, uh, with Ronald Jones. Look, he looked great last week. Bruce Arians gave him a, a vote of confidence saying that Ronald Jones has earned the start. He's earned the starting spot. And, you know, that's encouraging, you know, for someone who who uh, has been high on Ronald Jones like I have. You know, there were some bleak times there, especially last year. Uh, this year, it's starting to look like he, he finally has pulled away from Peyton Barber. And so I'm interested to see what he can do. This isn't a great matchup, though, against running backs. So he's going to have to make his hay pretty much uh, catching the ball out of the backfield and, uh, and you know, hopefully as a change of, change of pace type thing. Um, you know, uh, for the passing game. So I, I don't love Ronald Jones, but he's getting opportunity. I think the opportunity is going to be there. So you got to play him. David Johnson's an interesting one. It sounds like he's going to play. If he plays, I mean, it's really hard to bench him um, just because, you know, you've invested so much in a guy like that. Uh, we saw Kenyon Drake have success last week in a tough matchup against San Francisco. This is another pretty tough matchup because, uh, you know, uh, Tampa Bay is very good against the run. Um, but it could also have a lot to do with the fact that they're very bad against the pass. So more teams just pass against them than they do run. Uh, however, uh, David Johnson, uh, you know, again, this is this is somebody that we're, we're wanting to start. Um, you know, he can be involved in the passing game, too. So I think I think he's a safe start. I just don't think he's going to be somebody that I'm walking in as a green light and expecting big things. Mike Evans, again, a yellow light. Um, he does have a, a tougher matchup at corner, but this is a team that uh, has has been beaten several times through the air, um, especially with the deep ball. So I think Mike Evans can uh, is going to be good. I just don't don't know that he's going to be great. I think Chris Godwin may have a better matchup this week than Mike Evans. Um, and then some of the pass catchers for Arizona, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, 
another guy. I think he's going to have a good game. I just don't know who's going to have that breakout game. I don't know how good. Can we expect 60 yards, 80 yards, and a score? Maybe. You know, that that would be nice for Yellow White. Same thing with Christian Kirk. You know, he could be there. Um, Keyshawn Johnson could be there. Um, he's had some mental lapses over the past couple weeks, but um, he's also a guy that they look to in the red zone. Um, he would be a guy that I, I would think, you know, could be okay. Um, O.J. Howard. I mean, this is a guy that we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for. I mean, this matchup, the tight ends, uh, you know, uh, the, the uh, Arizona isn't great against tight ends. O.J. Howard could be involved in the passing game here. It's hard to, to to have any confidence in him, but it sounds like he's going to play. So I would think that maybe he can uh, he can get on the scoreboard. And then Kenyon Drake, um, to me, he uh, he may still have a role here. I don't know how healthy David Johnson is. Um, how much of the workload they're expecting him to get. So Kenyon Drake should still have a role. I just don't know how big it is. That's why he's not going to be a red-white for me. Um, look, the over-under on this game is insanely high. Um, it should be one of the highest-scoring games of of this slate. So there's no there's nobody that I'm saying is a red-white here. Both these defenses are pretty poor, um, so I'd, I'd be firing up almost anybody that you had here. Um, however, again, there are some guys that I have, hey, proceed with caution as far as those yellow lights go. So if you have better matchups, you might want to proceed with caution on those and maybe uh, maybe take a look at those guys. But as of right now, I don't have anybody that I would just say is a total red-white and I wouldn't play Stompy. Um, how, how, uh, how's my aim on that one? I just I can't get behind Mike Evans as a yellow light. like. I, I get it that he's probably going to be shadowed by Patrick Peterson, but I saw a tweet and I, I was looking, uh, Oh, here it is actually as I, as I'm talking about it. So I, there's a treat. Uh, there was a tweet by uh, Jared Smola on Twitter at Smola DS. He talks about the Cardinals past events in the six games without Patrick Peterson. They gave up a 71% completion percentage, 8.5 yards per attempt, new 296 yards per game, 2.7 touch to, touchdowns per game in three games with Patrick Peterson, 73% completion percentage. The uh, yards per attempt is down to 7.9, but they've given up 304 yards per game and 2.7 touchdowns per game. So the addition of Patrick Peterson really hasn't helped them. Mike Evans has exploded the last two weeks. um, And really he's had those explosion games all season. Uh, He is the wide receiver two on the season. Um, 42.8 42.8 and 36 fantasy points the last two weeks. He had 96 yards in the in in week six as well. Um, he did have that goose egg in the middle of the season, but I just and you mentioned it. This is supposed to be a high scoring affair, and if that's the case, I think Mike Evans is going to be heavily involved. I just cannot get behind uh, Mike Evans as a yellow light here. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, a top top five fantasy wide receiver, um, you know, that those guys are pretty much matchup proof. I do think that this is an interesting dynamic. Both these guys have been top 10 for most of the season with Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans. Um, and and some of the games, both of them have been have been very good. And then there are some games, like you mentioned, where one of them just disappears. Um, I don't think that this is that's going to happen this game, but I would just temper my expectations, I guess, with Mike Evans. I'm thinking 100 yards and a touchdown is not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but anything more than that, I, I think Godwin's going to have the better game of the two. I'll just put it that way. So maybe they're both green lights, but I think Godwin will outperform Evans this week. I don't necessarily I don't disagree with that just because the Cardinals have been terrible against slot receivers. Um, but yeah, I just I guess in terms of tempering expectations when it comes to this game, sure. When it comes to league wide, yeah, that's a little rough for me. Um, 
All right. So I guess moving on to the Chiefs at Titans, I have the Chiefs at Titans here. Uh, obvious green lights here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is back. Woo, thank God. Uh, I, I say that as a Broncos fan. I hate rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs, but I love Patrick Mahomes. Um, Tyreek Hill, uh, basically one of the few matchup-proof wide receivers we have in the game. The guy is just – he presents matchup problems all over the field, and you're not going to sit him because he's he's bound to go for a big gain or a big or a long touchdown in every game. So, yeah, Tyreek Hill is a must-start every week. Obviously, Travis Kelsey as well. Only one green light for the uh, Titans this week, and it's uh, Derrick Henry. The Kansas City Chiefs have given up the third most fantasy points to running backs this season. Uh, last week they gave up uh, 15.6 to Dalvin Cook. Previous week they gave up a combined over 50 fantasy points to Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Um, so, I mean – they just give up a ton of fantasy points to uh, to running backs, and the Titans are a little bit more run heavy than than normal offenses in this league. Um, and let let me look that up real quick here. Uh, they are tenth in terms to pass to run ratio. Um, so yeah, I mean they they run the ball in uh, more than more than a normal team would. Uh, Derrick Henry uh, this season is the RB nine. Um, and he has been very good this season outside of two weeks. Uh, he has two, uh, games that aren't double digits. Everything else has been double digits. So Derek Henry, a good running back for that's getting a ton of volume versus a bad rushing defense is a must start this week. Uh, yellow lights. Um, so I'm going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs defense and how they've actually been very good against the pass. They rank fourth in DVOA against the pass. However, they do allow fantasy points to QBs. They have allowed the 11th most fantasy points to QBs. Um, the last two weeks, they've allowed 30.2 to Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, you're, I mean, well, maybe not obviously with you, James, but <laughs> um Aaron Rodgers had three touchdowns. Kirk Cousins also had three touchdowns uh, in week nine, 23.5 fantasy points. But there are some intermixed bad games in there. I mean, one was Joe Flacco. And, I mean, I don't really have to explain that one. Uh, Jacoby Brissett didn't have a good game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they 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 will give up fantasy points to QB. So, and Ryan Tannehill has been great um, over the last three games. Uh, and, and I think you and I are – we c- it's safe to say at this point, John Hogue, that Ryan Tannehill is better than <laughs> Marcus Mariota. And if he wants to fight us on that, fine. But he is better than Marcus Mariota. He's had 20 or more fantasy points in each of the last three games. He had 30 fantasy points last week. Um, and he's got, I, they're going to have to throw to try and keep up with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So Ryan Tannehill is... Not a bad start this week in terms of one QB and definitely not in terms of super flex. Uh, here's where this gets a little dicey. Uh, I put Damian Williams as a yellow light here, um, but it's best guess who's actually going to do it uh, for the, the Kansas City Chiefs backfield. Last week, I mean, it looked like Damian Williams regained his starting spot, uh, he played in 43% or uh, 72% of the snaps to LaShawn McCoy six. Even Darrell Williams, um, or is it Daryl or Darrell Williams, James? 
I've been I've been saying Darrell. So uh, whatever. Uh, it's it, it all amounts to the same. Dur- Darrell Williams had eleven snaps to Lashawn McCoy's six. So uh, it looks like Damian Williams has taken back um, his starting spot uh, for Kansas City, but that could very easily change. Uh, I just we don't know what Andy Reid is thinking week in and week out. Um, but he uh, Damian Williams had that long touchdown uh, last week. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but he's a yellow light for me this week, um, especially if he's more involved in the past game with uh, Patrick Mahomes back. Uh, Sammy Watkins, also a yellow light. He is the wide receiver two there, uh, pass catcher three probably uh, behind Kelsey. Um, the Titans have actually been, well, I, I, they've been – Good. I mean, I guess that's the strength of their defenses against uh, the past. They've been good against wide receivers. They've allowed the 10th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, but I think there's going to be enough volume, and Patrick Mahomes is just so good that I think Sammy Watkins should give you a decent day um, now that he's healthy. And then my other yellow light, uh, and the only one for uh, – or sorry, the second one for the Titans is Jonu Smith. Delaney Walker did not practice or has not practiced this week again. Jonu Smith has been fairly involved in this offense um, with Ryan Tannehill and Delaney Walker out. And I think that he can uh, be involved again this week. And the uh, Kansas City Chiefs have not been – well, they've been okay, I guess, against tight ends. They've allowed the 10th most fantasy points to tight ends this season. Last week they allowed a touchdown to uh, Kyle Rudolph. They did allow 33 yards to Irv Smith as well. Um, Darren Fells had a good game against them. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had an okay game. Darren Waller had a had a good game. So Johnny Smith, because he's been involved, uh, I think – you, you have to temper your expectations, but I think he could probably get in the end zone and make your day at tight end there. Um, and then my red lights. I mean, one of these two wide receivers, AJ Brown or Corey Davis could be a yellow light this week, just because I do think that Tennessee is going to have to throw, but I did talk about Kansas city being very good against the pass. And that really equates more to very good against wide receivers. Um, they've allowed, the seventh fewest fantasy points to wide receivers on the season over the last two weeks, they haven't allowed a double digit fantasy point game. Uh, that includes Stefan Diggs. Um, they did allow Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton to have decent games, but they didn't score a touchdown. They're just not allowing touchdowns to wide receivers. They're not allowing like huge games, to wide receivers. And that's been kind of crazy because you would expect because that team is high scoring that they would be that teams would have to throw the ball more, but they've actually been very good against uh, the pass. So like I said, AJ Brown and Corey Davis, both red lights, because I don't necessarily know who is going to get the volume there and who's going to have a good game. Uh, So I'm just not going to play with those two um, this week. And then LaShawn McCoy, again, because Damian Williams, it seems like took back the starting position. I think LaShawn McCoy is a sit this week. He only played six snaps last week and Miko Hardman may, I mean, maybe you can get a long touchdown out of him or a long play, but I'm just not trusting that week in and week out. So he's a red light for me. Yeah. I like all that. Um, <clears throat> real quick with the, um, with the Damian Williams thing, a couple weeks ago, LaShawn McCoy fumbled about halfway through that Packer game. And when he did, it was kind of the Damian Williams show from there on out. 
And that carried over last week into the Minnesota game. So it seems like it is his job to lose too. Um, and LaShawn McCoy just carries that ball around like it's a loaf of bread or something. You know, he just palms the thing um, instead of instead of actually securing it. So this has been a problem for him, you know, and I think I think uh, the Chiefs just value you know, holding on to the ball a whole lot more. So uh, to me, that's, that's kind of what, what happened there. At least that's what I saw. So um, yeah, I'm thinking it's Damian Williams job to lose again. So uh, I'll, I'll go on to the next matchup. I've got the Atlanta Falcons going to new Orleans to take on the new Orleans saints. Uh, I've only got two green lights in this one. And that's Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. And look, the Atlanta defense is terrible. They are terrible against everything and anyone. Um, Drew Brees reestablished himself before the bye. He looked good. Michael Thomas has pretty much been the number one fantasy wide receiver for most of the year um, in PPR formats. He's just been fantastic. His catch rate's great. Um, they utilize him so much. Um, and the Saints have gotten healthier through this bye week. So to me, I think the Saints are going to uh, to go up early and, and they're going to score a lot. Uh, my yellow lights here are Matt Ryan. Look, Matt Ryan, again, whether it's the New Orleans Saints passing defense has been very good. Okay. But Matt Ryan seems to get his points no matter what. And a lot of it is garbage time. And Hey, garbage time counts guys. It counts going to New Orleans is a tough place to play. They're coming off a bye week. I could see this game getting out of hand, which means Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Austin Hooper, all yellow lights for me. These guys could all put up some pretty decent numbers. Um, and uh, and if they do put up those pretty decent numbers, I think it'll be in garbage time. But either way, they all count as points. Um, they all count as, as you know, the same. So uh, to me, Jared Cook is another guy who's a yellow white look. Um, there are other guys. Uh, looks like Traquan Smith is, is healthy. He's practicing. He's another yellow white for me. And then the running backs for the Saints. And this is an interesting situation. Uh, Latavius Murray's a yellow white. And so is Alvin Kamara. And I love the matchup for Kamara. But he's he's been banged up, and he's practicing on a limited basis. I just don't know if he's going to be a full go, if he's going to be limited. If this one gets to be a blowout, how often, how much does he play? How much do they decide to hold him out till next week since he is banged up? That's my problem with Alvin Kamara. I love the matchup. He could very well go off. I just don't know how limited he may be um, dealing with the injury he's dealing with. So um, that's the only reason why he's a yellow light for me. My red lights, look, Ted Ginn, he, he's been good. But again, this this offense is starting to get healthy. I don't know what his role is going to be. I could see a diminished role. Devontae Freeman, Ido Smith, uh, Brian Hill, which any of those running backs, I can see the running game uh, <clears throat> getting thrown I'm getting thrown to the curb pretty early in this one. If the Saints do go up like I expect them to um, and score early and often, I could see the running backs roles being diminished a little bit. So to me, those are guys that I would keep on my bench. And none of them have been fantastic. I mean, Devontae Freeman's had his moments, but none of those guys have really been great to to the point where you're, you're looking to start them every single week anyways. Um, so I don't think that that's a, a stretch there to say that those guys might not be startable in a tough matchup in New Orleans. So um, what do you think, Stomp? It it's very hard for me not to yell at you about Alvin Kamara. Uh, I f- I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yeah, look, I will have Kamara, and if I knew that he was even eighty percent, you know, I I'd be good. But man, I'm practicing on a limited basis. They're coming off a bye week. I believe I just- he is active. I believe he practiced full participant today so if, if he did then that's that you know that that would change things if i know that he's going to be full go man i i uh 
I would definitely have him as a green white, uh, no doubt. As a matter of fact, I'm using him in multiple places. So I really hope he's a green white and I hope he's full go. So, um, yeah, I, I, as of right now, just with the information that I have, I'm just a little concerned that New Orleans is going to go up 21 or 28 and say, you know what, let's play with Tavius a little bit more here and just kind of give Elvin a, a, you know, a break this week or, you know, give him a lighter load workload um, until next, till next week. But we'll see again. I hope I'm wrong and I hope you're right. I hope he ends up being that green light um, that, that you expect. him. Listen, Alvin Kamara is always a green light when he plays you shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Okay. That's, that's my little anger spiel. Sorry. That was, that was, (laughs) Absolutely uncalled for. It was very called for. <laughs> um, all right, Snobby. So you got the next game. You have a barn burner, man. This one, this is the one everyone's going to be watching. The well, Giants. Honestly, the- it, it actually might be the most watched because it is the two New Jersey teams. Yeah, I, I call them New Jersey teams. There's only one true New York team. And it's in Buffalo. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to pick fights. Uh so yeah, I mean, this is two pretty bad defenses. Uh green light here, green lights uh Sam Darnold. Uh the Giants have given up the um ninth most points to fan or to QBs this season. They did have a good game against Kyler Murray, but everything else has been extreme or sorry against Kyler Murray and then against the combination of Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum everybody else has gotten 23.6 or more fantasy points I expect Darnold to um, do better than he has been the last couple of weeks uh, and and this is a matchup that he can do it Um, obviously Saquon that's a very obvious one here Um, Robbie Anderson I don't really know what to make of this wide receiver court because Jamison Crowder had a monster game last week and I thought it was supposed to be a Robbie Anderson week. I mean, it's not Robbie Anderson did fine, but I didn't expect Jamison Crowder to do what he did last week. Um, and, and it just seems like every once in a while he has those explosive games and he had 22.3 fantasy points last week. Um, so I think all three of the wide receivers for the Jets are startable. I just think this is a Robbie Anderson week. Um, we'll see if I'm correct about that call, but I think you'll be fine uh, starting all three of those wide receivers. Um, and then the other one, Golden Tate. I mean, Sterling Shepard's out again. Uh, Evan Ingram's out that this week at least. And since he's come back, Golden Tate has been extremely reliable for um, for Daniel Jones. Um, he has double-digit fantasy points in every week except for the first week. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's a a must-start this week. Uh, the Jets have been bad against wide receivers. They, they've given up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Um, they've been okay against uh the slot receivers but I, golden taste is going to get enough volume that it i don't think it really matters and he, he's a must start this week um yellow lights left bell should be a green light this week but that knee has me worried his performance against uh, miami has me worried i think he will be fine he got enough volume through the air last week to be a top i believe top 12 running back but he 
he just wasn't efficient with it. And so that's why he's a yellow light. I, I don't know about his ceiling, but he has a good floor because he's basically the only running back that's getting any touches touches in that backfield. Um, the Giants have given up the 12th most fantasy points two running backs this season. Uh, they gave up 139 yards last week to Ezekiel Elliott. Um, they've given they've given up big games to pass catchers as well. So I think Lev Bell will be fine, but temper your expectations there. Um, and then, as I mentioned, Jamison Crowder, uh, Demarius Thomas, more of a gut feeling with the uh, Robbie Anderson pick, but I think you'll be fine with Jamison Crowder and Demarius Thomas this week. I think it's just – it's going to be and, – and I'd have to look up at the over-under for week 10, but um, it's going to be a high-scoring game because, like I said, it's just – it's two bad defenses uh, here. The over-under is, wow, really, 43.5? That doesn't make it – I'm taking the way over on that because I just think that both teams are going to score more than that. Um, so, yeah, I feel fine with Crowder and DT this week if you have to uh, sub them as flex options in bye weeks. Um, I think Rhett Elliston is a uh, okay start this week. I, we we uh, very obviously that uh, Rhett Ellison is more involved when Evan Ingram isn't uh, there. Um, so I, I think because they're the pass catching options are limited for you, New York Rhett Ellison will get some targets and he could end up scoring a touchdown. And I mean, that's all you really can ask for, for, uh, especially those later round or those streaming tight ends. So I think Rhett Ellison's an okay start this week um, with the bye weeks and, and, and Evan Ingram out. Um, and then uh, yellow light Daniel, Daniel Jones, um, that might be blasphemous to you, James, but the, the Jets have been okay against quarterbacks. They've given up the 15th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, the last two weeks, they've given up 28.8, 26.6 fantasy points to Gardner Minshew and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Rest in peace, Gardner Minshew. Um, <laughs> they did shut down uh, Tom Brady. Dak Prescott did have a good game. Uh, Carson Wentz had a bad game. So they're prone to giving up 20 fantasy point games. I think Daniel Jones, like I said, this I think will be a relatively high-scoring game. So Daniel Jones is a a decent start, especially, especially in super flex. And then the only red light I have is Ryan Griffin. Um, the, the jet or the giants have been very good against tight ends outside. And this is really weird outside of Dallas. Um, the giants have been very good against tight ends. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of weird because, um, Last I, last week I had Jason Witten as a set and Blake I mean and Blake Jarwin. So if you look at how many fantasy points they've given up, you can see the games they've given up fantasy points. So everything sandwiched between the two Dallas games, they've given up like less than uh or less than double digit fantasy or all single digit fantasy points to tight ends. But then Blake Jarwin and Jason Witten both have very good games against them. So it's, it's really weird. Maybe they're just really good against tight ends, except for against the uh, Dallas, but I'm just not trying, trusting Ryan Griffin this week. And then um, we might see, uh, and I just forgot his name. Who's their other tight end, James? Uh, Christopher Herndon. Back. Yeah, we might see Chris Herndon, but I'm still not trusting him this week. Um, again, this is, this would be his first game back football shape, all that. Plus, like I said, the giants are good at tight against tight ends. So I'm not trusting the jets tight ends this week at all. 
Yeah, I, I think you nailed this game. I'm shocked that the over under is so so uh, is so low. <clears throat> I would have thought that would have been higher as well. Um, Daniel Jones going through some growing pains, you know, and this happens to to rookie quarterbacks. I mean, he shows the potential, he shows the promise, and that's the good thing. But I mean, there are some errors, there are some mistakes that are showing up now, and this is gonna happen. This happens to almost everybody their rookie year. I mean, you look at even going back in history, guys like Troy Aikman, you know, who went winless his his rookie year. Um, you know, th- this this happens. You're gonna you're gonna show some signs of struggle, but but there there are those you know those those other signs that, you know, that show that, uh, you know, that, that there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's where we're at with Daniel Jones. So I don't mind him being a yellow light. I think that's probably about right. It's a decent matchup for him, I think. So um, I get to go to uh, a, a great matchup here. The Detroit Lions going to Chicago to take on the Chicago bears. Um, it's an interesting game for me. Um, I only have two green lights. The, the first one is TJ Hawkinson. And look, it's interesting because Hawkinson has not been good lately. He really hasn't. But when you look at the Chicago Bears defense, they have a pretty good run defense. They're pretty good against the pass. But really where they struggle is covering opposing tight ends. Um, you kind of look on the year as as to, to where they're at with that. And, and it's kind of shocking, at least to me it was. I mean, when you look at um, where they're at with some of the other positions, um, it's, it's really interesting. So um, you look at uh, – Da, 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 da. Sorry, you look at uh, at against the running backs. Um, you know, you look at uh, the the Bears and they're they're sixth against uh, running backs. Um, okay, so then you look at the receivers and you know you see that they're um, you know they're they're really good against receivers. Um, so then then you look at the tight ends and you would think that they'd be very good there too, but they're not. They're one of the they're one of the worst teams. They're in the, the they're like the third worst team at covering the tight end. Um, so it's really interesting. It just kind of stands out that way that they, they have given up some points to tight end. So TJ Hawkinson's a guy that I would, uh, I'd look to start here. David Montgomery is another guy. David Montgomery is uh, really the way you beat Detroit is, is on the ground and David Montgomery can exploit that. I think um, this week. So David Montgomery is a guy who I like an awful lot. Um, the, the, the bears are interesting because they don't love to, uh, they don't love to, to, to run the ball. Um, but it, it does seem like that would be the way to do it. So Matt Nagy can swallow his pride and actually hand the ball off. Um, instead of trying to have Mitchell Trubisky throw the ball 45 times, uh, they, they might actually find some su- success there, especially if they bring back the I form that actually worked a couple weeks ago. Um, my yellow lights, Matthew Stafford. Look, Matthew Stafford's been good all year. This is a tough Bears defense to pass the ball against, though. Um, they can't be had, especially later in the game. Uh, a lot of times with that offense going three and out as much as they have, uh, the defense starts to get tired later in the game, and that's when they can be had. Also turnovers, you know, you, you get some short fields and you can score. So Matthew Stafford may may get a touchdown or two here. So I think he's a yellow white. I wouldn't expect big things, but I also wouldn't go out of my way to bench the guy. Um, especially, uh, you know, when you look at the reputation the Bears defense has, um, you know, it, it, it it's, there are some points that can be scored. Let's put it that way. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, also the same. I have them as yellow lights. Uh, both those guys have been pretty good all year. Kenny Galladay has been great this year. Uh, Marvin Jones has shown flashes. He's had games where he's been great too. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at with that. I mean, I think they're yellow lights. I don't expect them to light up the night sky here with, uh, with passing because again, the bears defense is good. It's just, uh, it, you know, it's not great um, like it once was. And that's, 
I think mainly because of the offense. Mitchell Trubisky is a yellow light. That's right. I'm not putting him as a red light. I know Stompy's going to yell at me, and I'm okay with that. Look, Detroit is terrible against opposing quarterbacks. I know it's tough to, to pull the trigger on Mitchell Trubisky, but look, we have bye weeks this week. If you're in a super flex league, there's like 24 quarterbacks that have to start. Maybe he's the 24th or the 23rd, but he's on that list. He should probably be somewhere in a starting lineup in a two QB or a super flex league. That's all I'm saying. Allen Robinson has been the only steady contributor for the Bears offense all year long. Um, and even that has been waning a little bit these last couple weeks. I still like Allen Robinson. I think this is the guy that's going to get the volume. And again, if Mitchell Trubisky does do anything, you know, throwing the ball, it's going to be to Allen Robinson first and foremost. Ty Johnson is another guy. A yellow light for me. It's interesting to see what's going to happen with that Detroit backfield. I don't trust any of those guys. Um, so I, I I think that if I had to, if I had to say, you know, there's a back that I would trust, it'd be Ty Johnson. I think he might be able to vulture a, a touchdown. Um, he seems like uh, he has the kind of build that could be a good red zone back. So uh, I, I think he could vulture a goal line touchdown, and I think that would make him usable for the day. Uh, and and my my guess would be that he's probably the first back used. So uh, my red light, uh, red lights for this game, Tariq Cohen for sure. He is his He's really fallen off the past few weeks. I mean, you look at his production, it hasn't been great. Um, he's made some boneheaded plays too, and, uh, and that's not like him. Tariq Cohen's normally a very, very reliable type of player. At least he had been before that. So um, he's a guy that I'm not interested in. Taylor Gabriel's another guy. You know, Detroit isn't great against the pass, but you know what they do really well, which is surprising to me they don't give up the big play they haven't given up a lot of plays over 40 yards passing um they're one of the teams that haven't uh, uh i believe they're under five 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 big plays in the passing game um of under 40 yards i believe they've allowed less than five i think they're one of four teams that have done that and then trey burton trey burton's just bad he, he he just is the tight end position in Chicago with all the problems that the bears have the tight end position might be the biggest hole on that entire team. Um, that's how bad the tight ends have been in Chicago. So he's definitely a red white for me. Um, Stompy, you got the Ravens and the Bengals unless you have something that, uh, that stood out from you from my uh, list there. I I'm not going to yell at you about Mitchell Trubisky. Um, it's just it's such a good matchup that it's hard to sit him, especially in bye weeks. Um, so yeah, I I think I'm good with basically everything on this list. I think honestly, I think Allen Robinson agree. Allen Robinson is a green light this week because of that matchup. Um, so yeah, I that's the only one I probably disagree with. Allen Robinson generally has been good. Even with Mitchell Trubisky, yes, he was bad last week, but generally he has been good even with Mitchell Trubisky. And with the matchup, I think he's a he's a green light this week. Uh, who else did we forget on here? Oh, we forgot uh, J.D. McKissick, who was far and away the better <laughs> running back last week. Yeah, yeah, he really was. I think I think in. I, I think in the passing situation, he's going to be uh, the better running back. But I, I just. I feel like if I'm starting one of these guys, I'm going to start the guy who I think could fall in the end zone um, this it, week against the Bears run defense. Um, okay. But that run defense has been susceptible um, over the past couple of weeks. So one of those running backs is going to be usable. It'll be interesting to find out which one this week. It'll be McKissick. You think Ty, so? John okay. Ty, Ty Johnson's been terrible. No, I know so, James. I'm better at okay. this than you. Okay. Well, Ty Johnson is – 
Um, <laughs> oh, you, did you just say tight? Okay. Okay. I'm just messing with you. No, let's, let's get to the Ravens and the Bengals. Um, Cincinnati, I, I'm so depressed when I look at this team. The one good thing about this team was A.J. Green was going to come back, and now it looks like A.J. Green's not going to come back. So now yeah. I, I, I don't want anything to do with this team. So a week 16, it's going to be battle for uh, the battle for the number one pick, I think. Uh, it's Miami, I believe Cincinnati at Miami. Um, anyway, uh, only two green lights in this game, really. Uh, Lamar, uh, obviously, and then Mark Ingram. Um, I mean, I don't really have to explain why Lamar Jackson's a green light. I mean, he's a green light every week. He's a matchup-proof quarterback, as we saw against New England. But um, Cincinnati has given up uh, the eighth most fantasy points to uh, quarterbacks this season only allowed uh, less than 20 fantasy points in two weeks. And in those two weeks, it was 18.6 and 19.2. So it's not like they uh, dominated any given quarterback. And then they had just, they, they've already faced Lamar Jackson once this season and he ran for 152 yards on the ground. So yeah, uh, I think Lamar is going to be fine. Um, he, though he did not practice this week, I think it's because he's sick because he uh, has a locker next to Marshall Yonda, who was also sick. Um, so thanks for that Marshall Yonda and that scare. Uh, and then, uh, Mark Ingram, I don't know if he's been a surprise per se, but he's been, I guess, pleasantly surprised. I don't know what to say there, but basically he, he's the, the running back 14 on the season. Um, he had his first or his uh, third 100 yard game against New England last week. He gets a ton of volume week in, week out. And the Bengals have given up the second most fantasy points to running backs on the season. I expect that to continue. Uh, I, when Mark Ingram faced them last time, he only had 52 yards, but he did have a touchdown, uh, did have 15 fantasy points. So Mark Ingram's a green light this week. Yellow lights, um, f- the two wide receivers for, uh, for Cincinnati, I mean, you, you did mention that A.J. Green will be out for the foreseeable future. That means on Tate is still a relevant uh, fantasy wide receiver. The Baltimore Ravens have given up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. Uh, they've given up fantasy points to slot receivers as well. So that's why Tyler Boyd is a decent start this week, though he was um, – shut down uh, against uh, against the Ravens the last time they played. On Tate did have a good game against the Ravens. I don't expect that to be the case this time, but with a rookie quarterback, it might be different. I It's hard to sit both Tate and – maybe not Tate, but at least Boyd this week. Um, that's why I'm putting them as yellow lights. Uh, you got to temper your expectations. But the wide the uh, Ravens have been susceptible to giving up um, fantasy points to wide receivers this season. I think Willie Sneed is a uh, yellow light this week. Um, I just for some reason I can't sit Willie Sneed, and I don't know why. Uh, he he just presents like the these matchups where I'm just like God. He should be able to score. I'm gonna put Willie Sneed as a yellow light this week. I'm I'm hoping that they get him more involved, um, but we'll see. Uh, there needs to be pass catchers somewhere. Uh, Marquise Brown really uh, 
probably the yellow light pass catcher. I just have a feeling about Willie Sneed here. Um, speaking of Marquise Brown is a yellow light. The Ravens just don't throw all that much right now. They are a very run heavy team. Um, they rank second in the league in terms of pass to run ratio, uh, second lowest that is in terms of pass to run ratio. Um, so there's just not a lot of opportunities there. And, uh, so that's why Marquise Brown is a yellow light. He could go for a big score and that would, I mean, make him an, a green light, but you just can't expect that every week from him. And I'm not expecting it this week. Mark Andrews is also a yellow light. The Cincinnati Bengals have been very good against tight ends this season. They've given up the uh, fourth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Though they did give up 15, nearly 16 fantasy points to Mark Andrews. That's why Mark Andrews is a yellow light. He is the best pass catcher on this team. Hopefully they can get him off the, the schneid here a little bit. Um, he's kind of been lacking the last couple of games, so hopefully he gets some targets this week, and I expect him to have a good week. Gus Edwards is also a yellow light. Like I mentioned, the Cincinnati Bengals have been poor against running the running backs. And I do expect this to be a blowout, especially with a rookie quarterback on the other side of the field. Uh, so Gus Edwards could get some play this week. And he gets plays play anyway, but he could get more play this week if it's a blowout. Um, and then uh, we go into red lights. Um, Ryan Finley, obviously a rookie. Uh, the the um, Ravens defense has been very good this season against the pass. Um, they've given up or they've allowed – the ninth fewest fantasy points to QBs this season. Um, over the last three games, they've allowed basically 18 points in every game, and that includes Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've been a lot better lately, especially since they traded for Marcus Peters. So I don't expect Ryan Finley to be startable this week, and, and really that's kind of a – if you need to start him, it's you're very desperate at quarterback – um, and I believe I might be desperate at quarterback in one league. <laughs> um, Joe Mixon, the the red, like I said, this is going to be a blowout. So I I think that they're going to take away the run a lot in this game and make Finley beat them through the air, which I don't think will happen. I think Joe Mixon is going to be neutralized, like he has been all season. Um, so I I just you can't trust Mixon at this juncture. He just has not been good this season. And, and it's not really his fault. Unfortunately, that line has been an issue. Um, the offensive scheme has been an issue. Um, Baltimore only gave up 5.9 fantasy points to Joe Mixon in week six. So I, I just I don't think you can start Joe Mixon this week if you have an, a better choice. Tyler Eifert as well. Um, the, the Ravens have been good against uh, tight ends this season, giving up the – seventh fewest fantasy points to tight ends. They haven't given up a double digit fantasy point game since week four. So yeah, I mean, Tyler Eifert hasn't really been heavily involved in the past game and he is a rookie quarterback and he faces a good defense. So he's a red light for me. Stompy, will you, will you tell your boy Lamar to, to throw the ball to Mark Andrews and to stop this Nick Boyle nonsense? Because last week, man, Listen, listen, they play like 13 personnel. They play like three tight end sets. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Man, it's just, just, I, I get it. Just throw it to, like you said, the best pass catcher well, on the team. You, and you know, but you know what New England did last week is they took away Mark Andrews from Lamar Jackson. Now that doesn't really matter because Nick Boyles and, uh, 
and uh, Hayden Hurst are there. You know what's funny? Nick Boyle. Nick Boyle has the most snaps by. He's out snapping Mark Andrews by nearly 100 snaps this season. So, uh, I mean, it makes more sense that Nick Boyle gets more targets. But yeah, I mean, they play. They play like three tight end sets all the time. Like it's just one of those things. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's going to lend itself to to some targets to some other some other tight ends, like you said. That that makes sense, but. Well, I have the Miami Dolphins and the Indianapolis Colts. This one in Indy. Um, my green light look, uh, Jacoby Brissett is my first green light here. And that is if he plays again, uh, you know, we hear from Ethan and we, we're not sure totally yet. He hasn't been ruled out. So we're not sure whether or not he's going to play or whether he, he isn't. Um, but that's, that's, if he does play, that's a great matchup against the Dolphins. Um, the, the, the Dolphins are not good on defense pretty much against the pass or the run. Um, so I, I think this is an excellent matchup for Brissett if he does play. Um, another guy I like a lot is Zach Pascal. It, um, he proved last week that uh, that he could be good. <clears throat> Excuse me. He proved last week he could be good. And uh, with with uh, T.Y. Hilton out, it seems like this is another nice spot for him against a Miami defense that hasn't been good stopping the pass or the run, which brings me to my next green light, Marlon Mack. I think this is the game that they get him right. He's been he's been off a little bit these last, last few games. Um, and, and it hasn't been that he's been off so much as, you know, they just haven't really fed him as much as they did earlier in the season. He hasn't really gotten in the end zone much. So this is a game, this is a get-right game for uh, for Merle and Mack. If you have him, I, I'd fire him up. I really like his potential this game at home against Miami. Uh, another struggling defense there. My yellow lights, Mike Gusecki. Uh, the Colts are really bad against tight ends, uh, which is shocking um, because uh, their defense has played pretty well. I mean, they're middle of the pack, a little over middle, uh, a little better than middle of the pack in, in a lot of a lot of areas, but not against tight ends. So Mike Gusecki, this could be another game where Gusecki gets a lot of looks. Ryan Fitzpatrick, to me, is a yellow white. I think the volume could be there. They could be behind. He could be asked to throw a lot. They're also down running backs. Um you know, Mark Walton being suspended for four games. They just traded Kenny and Drake. It looks like it could be Kalen Bellage and um, just a whole bunch of, 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 of other guys. You know, Miles Gaskins is a guy that he's an undersized back that, you know, it's, it, I don't know if he's going to get any run. I, they, they just don't have a lot there. Um, so with that being said, they may be asked to throw the ball even more. Uh, Devontae Parker benefits from this too. He's a yellow light for me. With uh, with Preston Williams going out, I think Devontae Parker is the guy who's going to step up there, and he's going to be a guy who can be utilized at the wide receiver position. So and those three guys for uh, for the Dolphins, for me, are yellow lights. For the Colts, uh, Chester Rogers, for me, is the yellow light. Look, again, T.Y. Hilton's out. Chester Rogers is getting targeted because of that. Um, I think he's, he's a guy who's going to continue to see some targets in the passing game, um, and a, a guy who I think could be a yellow light, a guy who, if you're in a bind, you could start, and you might be able to put up some good numbers in a plus matchup here against Miami. And then both the tight ends, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. Look, Ebron has been lining up a lot at the wide receiver position, whereas Doyle has been lining up at tight end and Doyle has been getting more looks, but I could see Eric Ebron getting more looks now with T.Y. Hilton out. So I think both these guys um, could see a spike in, uh, in potential targets 
and this is a good match for him against Miami. My red lights, Albert Wilson has done nothing. Uh, the bird alert is you can you can shut it down at this point because there is no alert. Um, he just hasn't been good. Um, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll wait and see. Uh, you know, once he has a good game, then I'll jump right back on that bandwagon. Um, but some of the other guys uh, for Miami too, like uh, like Darius Grant, Alan Hearns, these are guys who I'm not really interested in. Um, I don't think that they're going to have much of a role in this game, and uh, and so I'm staying away from those guys. Kalen Balaj is another guy. I guys, he's just not good, and that's the problem. Is he may have opportunity, but he it, it, he, he's not going to be able to do anything with it. In my in my estimation, I just don't think he's a very good running back. I think he's proven that several times over the course of this year. Um, he's not good out of the backfield. Uh, it's really interesting too because that wasn't the way he was in college. He could catch the ball, but he hasn't been able to um, at all in Miami. So. He's a red white. And then Deion Kane, which that one hurts because, you know, the Colts TY injury, but we've seen TY miss time and uh, Deion Kane still does nothing. So he's not a part of that offense right now. I don't know that he will be. Paris Campbell again is hurt too. So, I mean, there are some openings on that offense, but until I see Deion Kane actually contribute, it's going to be difficult for me to, to utilize him. So he's a red white for me as well. Stomp, you got anybody else on here that I missed? Uh, <laughs> I don't like this game whatsoever. Uh, so, I mean, where I, I guess the only question is if Hoyer plays, where do you have him? Do you have him as a yellow light? Yeah, I think I would. I think I'd have him as a yellow light. This matchup is so good that, uh, you know, he's a yellow light and he's probably closer to a green than a red for me just because this Miami defense is so porous and uh, he's a veteran quarterback. He knows what he's doing. And if he gets a week full, you know, a week uh, with full snaps with the starters, I think he'll be okay. Um, so I would put him as a yellow light, though. I just don't think he um, has the pulse of, of a Brissett and he doesn't have the uh, playmaking ability of Brissett either. Um, and I'm sure that he doesn't have the offense down quite as well as Brissett does. So, um, yeah, I would put him as a yellow light just because it's matchup is so good yeah i think for me balage probably a yellow light this week because of volume the the colts have been a little bit more susceptible of late uh, or at least in the past two games two running backs um more specific i mean they get they gave up 83 yards on 20 carries basically last week to the uh, steelers uh running backs um jalen samuels did have 13 catches as well which uh made his day huge i would expect balage to be involved there um, royce freeman and uh, philip Lindsay combined for 99 yards on 26 carries so not fantastic but not terrible uh philip Lindsay also had five receptions there so just based on volume i think balage is a yellow light but i get why you have him as a red light okay yeah fair enough i can live with that too um all right, so you know, let's, let's move on. You got Carolina in Green Bay to take on the Packers. That should be a good one, man. What do you got with uh, with that one? Uh, so I'm going to say not so obvious, but Rodgers is a green light this week. Uh, he has put up dud games, and, I mean, we could get John Hogan here and him and I could yell at each other for hours about this. But Rodgers, you're not sitting Rodgers any given week because he can explode for 48 fantasy points any given week. Um, the The Panthers have actually been decent against uh, the pass this season. Um, they've given up the 18th most fantasy points to quarterback. So they're, they're not like they're not stopping uh, 
or sorry, they, they've been stopping the quarterbacks fairly well, though they did give up 30 fantasy points last week to Ryan Tannehill. Um, there, there are some games in there where they've been good. Dejan, they shut down Dejon Watts and they shut down Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Kyler Murray had a good game. Uh, Jamin, Jameis Winston had a good second game in there. Uh, Gardner Minshew had a fantastic game. So it's kind of a they're middle of the pack against QBs, but you're just not sitting uh, Aaron Rodgers, so he's a green light. Um, Devonte Adams did have 11 targets last week, caught seven of them. He seems to be back. I think Aaron Rodgers appreciates that he's back because he gets his binky back effectively. Um, so he's a green light this week. Um, the Panthers have been bad against wide receivers, especially of late, though last week they did shut down the Tennessee Titans wide receivers. Um, but before that, they were basically giving up double-digit fantasy points to at least two wide receivers in every week. Um, so, I mean, Devontae Adams being the wide receiver he is and being the top pass catcher for the Green Bay Packers, you have to start him this week against Carolina. I think he's in for a big game. Uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, matchup proof Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he did have that one bad game against San Francisco. Or no, was it against San Francisco? I can't remember who it was against now. Uh, no, it was against Tampa Bay, who is the uh, one of the top uh, defenses against the run every other week. He's his lowest point total outside of that game is 21.7 fantasy points. (laughs) So, uh, you're never, you're never, ever, 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 ever sitting Christian McCaffrey. So I, I don't even know why I'm discussing this at this point. Um, and then the two green Bay Packers, uh, running backs, the Carolina Panthers, or Aaron Jones and uh, Jamal Williams. The Carolina Panthers have given up the six most fantasy points to running backs this season. Last week, they gave up 24.9 and 10.3 to Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, respectively. Uh, Tevin Coleman had 37.8, and Raheem Mostert had 12 fantasy points. Uh, Leonard Fournette had 23.7 in week five. Jones and Williams are heavily involved in this offense in the past game as well. There's not really a second uh, wide receiver tight end that you can trust on this team. So that's why Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are so heavily involved. They will be have plenty of volume this week, and I think they're both green lights uh, this week. Yellow lights, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. Uh, the, the Packers have been decent, I suppose, against uh, wide receivers. They've been a lot better of late. They did give up huge games to Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup in the middle of the season. Terry Kill and Nicole Hardman and Sammy Watkins had good uh, weeks in week eight, but like they haven't given up huge games since week five, and that's because they have do have two decent um, uh, cornerbacks there in Jair Alexander, Alexander, and I think it's Josh Jackson. So, um, Temporary expectations there. Uh, the the Packers have given up the uh, eighth fewest fantasy. Sorry, yeah, the eighth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So because this is such a concentrated offense, they're fine. They're going to get plenty of volume, but uh, just temporary expectations with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. Uh, Alan Lazard is also a. It, he seems to be the wide receiver too now. Uh, MVS and Geronimo Allison have fallen out of favor with Aaron Rodgers, and Alan Lazard has picked up the slack there. Um, and I'm trying to look up his stats now. Uh, as 
I'm riffing, riffing, riffing. Don't listen to me as I'm trying to. <laughs> oh, there he is. Um, so he's had 42 or more yards in every game that he's played. So week seven through nine or six through nine. Uh, he's had four more targets in every game as well. Not fantastic but not terrible like he will get you fantasy points he's just not going to have that see a ceiling or a high ceiling um as a wide receiver too there for green bay um kyle allen is like like james mentioned um this is a a bad week for bye weeks I, like i believe you said 24 quarterbacks starting quarterbacks this week um so it's not that you can really afford to sit kyle allen Kyle Allen is the QB 30 on the season. So he has not been good this season uh, outside of a couple games here and there. But uh, I don't think you can really afford to sit him. Um, I, I kind of expect this to be a relatively high scoring game. I mean, the over-under is 47 points. Um, two okay defenses, but you have one uh, quarterback or one offense that can explode and Kyle Allen might have to throw a ton. And he has that dump, the dump down master uh, in um, Christian McCaffrey. So could have an okay week, but temporary expectations there because the Packers uh, have allowed the uh, eighth, mo- eighth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. So yeah, I mean, temporary expectations with Kyle Allen, uh, not that I needed to tell you that Greg Olson uh, is also a yellow light this week. The Packers allowed the six most fantasy points to tight ends. Uh, they allowed 15.4 last week to Hunter Henry, 16.3 to Travis Kelsey the previous week. They allowed Darren Waller and Foster Moreau to score in double digits the previous week. Um, so I, I definitely can see Greg Olson getting in the end zone, uh, having a decent game against Green Bay. Uh, that's it for my yellow lights. My only red light is Jimmy Graham. Uh, he can go off every once in a while when it comes uh, or every once in a while for games. I believe he has three double digit fantasy games. He's still somehow the tight end 13 on the season, but the Panthers are giving up the uh, seventh or sixth fewest fantasy points to tight ends on the season. So yeah, just not trusting Jimmy Graham this week. So he is my only red light. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I, and I forget to I forgot to mention MBS and uh Geronimo Allison. I mentioned them a bit. Um I'm they're red lights for me. I mean, they just you haven't really gotten anything from them in the last few weeks. So I, I'm not really trusting anybody anybody else on the, the Packers in terms of pass catchers. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. I think um I think Jimmy Graham's almost a red white, you know. I mean, unless the matchup's a a, a big plus. He's kind of a red white uh, here on out, in my opinion. But no, I, I like everything else that you you uh, you said stated. Alan Lazard being that number two um, is is something that people are starting to come around to now. I like the fact that you acknowledge that because um, there are still some people who are stubborn and still think MBS is the guy there. But Alan Lazard has been putting up the numbers, so I, I like that snappy. I like everything that you had there. Um, I'm going to move along to the Rams and the Steelers, this one in Pittsburgh. Uh, my green whites, look, this this matchup is really interesting. My green whites, I'm going to start with the tight ends for both these teams. That's Vance McDonald and Gerald Everett. Look, I, I know that that this these aren't guys that are household names that you're plugging in your lineup every week and going, yeah, I feel good about this. But the, the it, when you look at the matchups, it shows that 
both these teams are terrible against tight ends. I mean, you look at Pittsburgh last week, they gave up, I think, three grabs for 20-some yards and a touchdown to Jack Doyle. I mean, that's double digits for him. Um, not a guy who traditionally gets double digits. The Rams had a bye week, but if you go back um, to two weeks ago, Tyler Eifert had six grabs for 72 yards uh, against them on nine targets. I mean, that, the, the way you uh, you attack these teams in the passing game is with the tight end. So while Vance McDonald and Gerald Everett neither have really lit the world on fire as of late, I I think both of them have really good matchups. This is how you exploit these defenses. So I, I hey, fire them up because I feel like they're going to give you uh, going to give you some plus points in this matchup. My other green lights, Cooper cup, and uh, he's getting to the point where he's almost matchup proof. Jared Goff locks in on Cooper cup. It looks like Brandon cook's going to miss another week and maybe even more, um, which means, you know, Cooper cup and uh, Robert Woods are going to be, uh, are going to be targeted even more. Um, so I, I, I really like Cooper Cup. I don't know how he cannot be a green light for, for most um, in most weeks. Uh, yellow lights for me. Jared Goff's a yellow light. Well, Pittsburgh's pretty good against opposing quarterbacks, but they're not great. They're a little bit better than the middle of the pack, which is nice. This one's at home in Pittsburgh. So Goff could struggle a little bit, but I do still think Gerald Everett and Cooper Cup are going to make his day. Um, really, both these teams are good at shutting down the run. So I think both these teams are going to have some higher pass attempts. Robert Woods to me is a yellow light. I, I think that he's going to get some targets, but I do think that with this being a tight end game, Gerald Everett's going to get a lot of targets. Cooper Cup, of course, is going to get targets. And uh, so I think Robert Woods may take a little bit of a backseat to those guys, which has been the case this year. He, he's been good. He just hasn't been nearly as good as he was last year. Uh, Mason Rudolph's a, a guy who I have as a yellow light as well for the Steelers. Um, to me, this is an interesting matchup. The Rams are decent against quarterbacks, against opposing quarterbacks. But uh, Mason Rudolph, I, I I just don't know what to expect from him. Um, we see a lot of dump-off passes, a lot of over-the-middle stuff, and that's some of the things the Rams are really good at. One of the things the Rams have struggled with is wide receivers. Um, so that, to me, is gives Juju a, a yellow light because look, Juju is good. We just haven't seen a heavy target share for him with Mason Rudolph uh, under center. Um, if we had, if I had seen one game where that had happened, I would bump him up to a green light, but because I haven't really seen it, I have him as a yellow light. Um, Running backs for the Steelers, it sounds more and more now uh, since we started recording here, Stompy, that James Conner may miss this game. If that happens, I think Jalen Samuels is a yellow-white. I think he could go up to a green-white because he's going to get the targets. We've seen how Mason Rudolph targets those backs out of the backfield. Um, I think Jalen Samuels will get the targets. So if uh, I had both Conner and Samuels as yellow-whites, assuming Conner was playing, if Conner is not playing, I think Jalen Samuels may end up being a green-white not because I think he's going to do much on the ground, but because I think he'll do much in the passing game. Uh, Deontay Johnson's another guy who's a yellow light for me. He's getting targeted, um, and he he's clearly the the number two option there um, in that passing game. But I don't know that that amounts to much with Mason Rudolph really dumping the ball over to the middle of the uh, the middle of the field like he has been, and really targeting the running backs. Todd Gurley is also a yellow light for me. Um, this Pittsburgh defense is really good against opposing running backs. So to me, Todd Gurley is a guy who, I mean, he can make his day with one big run, but we just haven't seen it in a while. And I don't know that, uh, that we will in this matchup. This isn't a great matchup for him. So I give him a yellow light, probably closer to a red white than a green white for me as well. The only red white I have is Josh Reynolds. I just don't expect him to get very many targets. Uh, again, I think Gerald, this is a Gerald Everett game. I could even see, um, uh, I could even see uh, their, their other tight end. Why am I uh, I'm forgetting his name now? Um, uh, 
Oh, they have Gerald Everett, and then they have their Tyler Higby. There it is, Tyler Higby. Thank you, sir. Tyler Higby. Um, I could even see Tyler Higby even getting some of those uh, some more targets in this one, just because the tight ends are so good against uh, the uh, against the uh, the Steelers defense. Um, so I think Josh Reynolds is going to see a tough time getting targets. James Washington, I'm sorry, is my other red white. Um, he just hasn't been seeing a lot of targets with the wide receivers not getting targeted as much. He's kind of the guy that's fallen by the wayside. So um, I don't think he's a guy that I would be uh, I, I'd be trotting out there at, at all this week either. Um, is there anything else, Stompy, that you got on this one? So I disagree on James Washington. I believe he's had six targets in back-to-back games. So. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, sorry. He's had six, six, and four the last three games. And then he's had, so he's had four more targets in six, sorry, in five of seven games that he's played. So uh, he, he has, he had 69 yards last week. He had 52 yards in week five. I, I actually don't mind James Washington in this game because it, I don't know if Juju will be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, but it seems like James Washington can, can get the benefit here with um, the other cornerbacks paying attention to Deontay Johnson and um, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, looking back at some of these matchups, it looks like James Washington um, kind of fell, fell off my radar a little bit. Last week, he definitely had a good week. The week previous, he did have those six targets, but he only held in one for 21 yards. So I didn't think, you know, didn't didn't really think that he was very involved in that passing game uh, with only seeing the one the one grab. But obviously, he was targeted heavily, and that's what we want to look at. We want to look at how targeted he is. So he might be a guy that could surprise, especially in the slot, and especially because it seems like Mason Rudolph is going going to him as a matter of fact kind of seems like that's the only receiver he's going to uh, on a weekly uh, basis so uh, maybe he is a guy uh, I, I probably just uh, from from you bringing that up to me I probably bump him up to a yellow light for sure so let's 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 move on Stompy uh, you have the next game your last game that you're going to be breaking down for us here and that's the Minnesota Vikings in Dallas taking on the Dallas Cowboys this should be a fun one um, what do you have for us on this one yeah, uh, so I think the uh, rumors of Kirk Cousins' demise were greatly exaggerated. Um, the offense has balanced itself out here. He is the QB eight uh, on the C. Sorry, what the what am I looking at here? Jesus. Um, over the past five weeks, he's had twenty three point six, thirty two point seven, thirty two point six. He did have that fourteen point five fantasy point game and the twenty three point five. Uh, fantasy point game uh, that 14.5 he actually had 284 five yards he just didn't have any touchdowns um, so he's been a lot better the last five weeks um, I believe he is the QB8 over the last five weeks as well so yeah I, I think we don't have to be concerned about Kirk Cousins uh, from now on um, so he is a green light uh, Dalvin Cook as well I think Dalvin Cook is one of those running backs that is matchup proof at this point um He's just so heavily involved in the running and the passing game. He is the uh, RB. Th- uh, here we are. He was RB three the past uh, three weeks, but or five weeks, but the RB two on the season. Um, double digit fantasy points in every game this season. Like I said, heavily involved in the past game, so he is a green light basically every week. Zeke is also a green light every week. He is the RB six on the season. 
also has double-digit fantasy points in every game, also heavily involved in the uh, passing game. Except for last week, he had zero targets, but he didn't need them because he had 139 yards on the ground. So um, very obvious with Cook and Zeke there. Dak is also a green light here. Um, Dak is the QB3 on the season. Uh, and I, I I remember before – sorry, QB4 on the season. But I remember before the season I said he would be a QB5, and I got a lot of flack for that. But he has one game under 21 fantasy points on the season. So, I, I mean, the guy just he's, – he's been good. He he runs the ball. I mean, he's not like a heavy runner, but he can uh, run the ball into the end zone. He's been throwing the ball well. Um, he really has only had one bad passing game, and that was in week five against Green Bay where he had those three interceptions in the first half. So he is a green light as well. Uh, I, I flip-flop on these wide receivers. I think Amari and Gallup are green lights this week. I had them as yellow lights, but then I, as I look more at the data, uh, the Minnesota Vikings have given up the given up the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. Last week they gave up uh, 26.5 and 13.3 to Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins. They gave up double-digit fantasy points um, to two uh, or to two wide receivers over the past, uh, except for against Washington um, over the past uh, three weeks. Uh, Marvin Jones had 43.3, Danny Amendola at 18.5, Alshon Jeffrey at 23.6. They give up fantasy points. This this secondary has been not nearly as good as they have been in the past. Um, I, Amari Cooper has that knee injury, but it sounds like he is expecting to play and that there won't be any load management, or at least Amari Cooper thinks there won't be any load management. And if that is the case, my Amari and uh, Gallup are both starts this week for me, good starts this week for me. I think this is going to be a relatively high scoring game. Um, the over under is 47 and a half. I believe the tied for, or it's like the fourth highest of the week. So I think, this is going to be high scoring. There's going to be plenty of um, throwing and Amari and Gallup because of the concentration of that offense, Amari and Gallup will um, get plenty of opportunities this week. Uh, my yellow lights, uh, Stefan Diggs had a, her- after he, he got out or went for four 100 yard games out of five, had a horrendous week last week. Um, but I mean, Adam Thielen's out. And so that means that, uh, that Diggs is the wide receiver one for all intents and purposes um, this week. So he's not a, a green light because the Cowboys have been very good against wide receivers. They've given up the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They have been prone to give up big games. They did have that big game given up to uh, the New York Jets where they gave up double-digit fantasy points to all three wide receivers. Uh, Michael Thomas had a big game. But other than that, they're just not really prone to giving up big games. But because, like I said, uh, Dace is really the wide receiver one and really the only trustworthy wide receiver on this offense, he's probably going to get plenty of volume, which means that uh, his floor will be relatively high. So he's an okay start. Just don't expect the ceiling that we've seen over the past uh, month or so. Uh, Jason Witten is a yellow light as well. Um, the guy just kind of has been producing. I <laughs> like he's not, he doesn't have a ceiling. He's not like an explosive tight end uh, 
now and and I don't think you expect that but he's the tight end 10 right now and uh, he has four more targets literally in every week I mean and and he's had four targets in six of eight weeks so um, he's got four double digit fantasy games he had a a great week last week with 13.8 fantasy points the Minnesota Vikings um, have given up the 14th most fantasy points to tight ends they did give up 13.2 fantasy points to Travis Kelsey last week um they give up yards to uh, to tight ends. So, and and because the concentrated offense thing, I think Jason Witten will get his targets and and have a decent week this week. So he has he that's why he's a yellow light. Uh, a surprising yellow light for me is Kyle Rudolph. Uh, one of the weaknesses for the Dallas Cowboys is against tight ends. They've given up the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. In three in their last three games, they've given up double digit fantasy points to tight end ones. Um, and Kyle Rudolph has been a little bit better of late. Now he hasn't been great by any means, but he's been better and he scored a touchdown last week, uh, the previous week or, or in, in week seven, he had uh, 58 yards and another touchdown. So it looks like he's getting more involved of late. Um, in the previous or in the first four weeks, it looked, he had one, one target, five targets, one target, one target, one target. And then from six to week six through nine, he's had three, six, three, and five targets. So he's been more involved as the, um, as the Vikings have started to pass more. So uh, because of the matchup and because he's been more involved, I think Kyle Rudolph is a yellow light this week. He could end up scoring a touchdown and having an okay game. Uh, Randall Cobb is also a yellow light. Um, He's not the big two for uh, Dallas, uh, Amari and Gallup. But like I said, the Vikings have given up fantasy points to wide receivers. And um, Cobb has been involved when he's healthy. So I, I think that's why Cobb is a yellow light, especially in a high-scoring game. And then you have Ole B.C. Johnson. Now, he's not Adam Thielen, obviously, but he's been taking that slot role from Adam Thielen. And we know how prolific that slot role has been for the Minnesota Vikings over the past three seasons. So that's why Ole B.C. Johnson is a um, a red light or a, a yellow light this week, because I think that he could have a significant amount of targets. Uh, this week and, and be okay. Uh, the only red light I have is Irv Smith, and really it's more of a, like an orange light um, because even Irv Smith has actually been pretty good of late. I mean, uh, him, he, like Kyle Rudolph, has, has been more involved of late. Um, over the past three weeks, he's had six, three, and six targets. He's had 11 fantasy points, five fantasy points, 7.3 fantasy points. So he's not been prolific by any means, but he has been getting involved and if he gets into the end zone, I mean, that makes, that's a good week for you, especially if you're streaming tight end. So though, though I would choose Rudolph over Irv Smith, if you had to start Irv Smith, I'm, I don't hate it, hate it. Yeah. I'm kind of with you there. That that's a tough situation to read for me too. Um, I, yeah, I I think I'm with you. I don't, I don't hate it, but I I wouldn't feel comfortable starting him if I had to um, either. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and finish this off Stompy. I've got the Monday night game, the Seattle Seahawks going to San Francisco to take on the San Francisco 49ers. 
This one should be fun. My green white, my slam dunk in this game is George Kittle. Seattle's not good against tight ends. Kittle has been uh, starting to look better and better um, over the past uh, couple weeks here. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is becoming more comfortable with him. So uh, to me, the slam dunk of this one is George Kittle. Russell Wilson's a green light for me. I don't care that San Francisco is great against quarterbacks. He is matchup proof, in my opinion. He has been so good this year. Um, he, he can just do it in any way, shape, or form. I mean, uh, Seattle is is good at running the ball. San Francisco is great at stopping the run. Well, that's fine because, you know, Russell Wilson can, can make plays out of the pocket, in the pocket, with his legs. I mean, he, he can just do it all. Um, I, I think it's difficult you know, to hold hold a guy down like that when he's playing at this high of a level. So for me, he's still a green light. He's still a guy that I would I would start up, and I wouldn't have too much hesitation on it. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is a guy who is a green light for me. Um, look, if you're going to beat Seattle, you're going to do it through the air. They're very tough on the ground, um, so you want to throw the ball. And I think Emmanuel Sanders has been the number one wide receiver for San Francisco since he's gotten there. Pretty much the moment he walked in the door, he took that title, and he's run with it. He's been very good. And Jimmy Garoppolo is a green light for me, too. I'd start both these quarterbacks with confidence. I think Garoppolo is going to have to throw the ball to beat Seattle. Um, this one's at home in San Francisco on Monday night, so I uh, I, I definitely think there's a lot uh, a lot here uh, with the division game, but I think Garoppolo is uh, the kind of guy that, you know, in this plus matchup, I, I feel comfortable starting him. He's looking more and more comfortable in San Francisco. Francisco. And he's not a guy that I'm high on long-term, but right now he's really playing at a, at a nice level. He's found a nice spot for himself. So he's a guy who I would, uh, again, you know, with bye weeks being what they are, this is a guy this week that I would, I, I'd feel very comfortable starting my yellow whites. Um, look, uh, Debo Samuel, I, I like Debo a lot. I really do. I think he's still going to be a very good receiver in this in this league. But uh, but as soon as Emmanuel Sanders walked in the door, um, it was pretty clear the pecking order was going to be uh, Kittle, Sanders, Sanders, Kittle, depending on the game and the matchups, um, and then everybody else. So Debo Samuel is a guy who I could see um, getting some opportunity. I think, again, San Francisco is going to throw the ball a lot. Um, so I could see him getting some opportunity, but I don't think that he's going to be all that fantasy relevant. Dante Pettis is another guy. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, everyone's been down on. Again, I could see some opportunities coming his way. And he's the kind of guy, too, that could take one play to the house. I mean, he really is a dynamic type player, but he just doesn't doesn't seem to get the targets this game. Again, I do feel like uh, the passing game is going to, uh, to, to propel San Francisco, so I could see some of the pass catching options here. Uh, Tevin Coleman I have as my yellow light. Again, I... For me, it's just can he be involved in the passing game or can he uh, can he find it, you know, fall into the end zone and get a touchdown? He's been getting more of the workload than the other backs, so that's why, to me, he's the yellow light over the other guys. Sorry, uh, Chris Carson, to me, is a yellow light as well, and San Francisco's great against the run, but Chris Carson... He he's been good, you know. He's been really good. And if San Francisco's competitive in this game, they're not going to abandon the run. They're going to continue pounding that ball. Um, Carson's good enough to where he can run and get those strong yards on the inside, but he's also good enough on the outside. He's got good enough vision to be able to bounce it back. He's he's just an all around back. I uh, I it's tough, a, a real tough matchup for him. But I still think that if I have him, I'm probably okay with with putting them out there i'm just tempering my expectations tyler lockett's another guy who i'm throwing out there is a yellow light look i know i have confidence that russell wilson's going to get the job done okay but i don't know how i i never know how this guy does it um in these matchups it's tough but um he's losing weapons um obviously with uh 
he lost a weapon, a big weapon with Will Dizzley earlier in the year, but he's done such a good job of, um, of just using whoever is there and, uh, and, and kind of making them better, raising their performance and, uh, and being able to, uh, to, to, to just find ways to put up numbers and to win games. So Tyler Lockett to me is the wide receiver one there still in Seattle. I know DK Metcalf's coming off a big game, but, but Lockett's my guy um, there. And I think Russell Wilson will use him. My red whites look uh, DK Metcalf's a guy who I, I, I really feel like this game um, is going to be difficult for him to get, to get loose. I mean, that, that, Again, this is a great passing defense. It's a really good game. Um, and to me, I think when you look at what Richard Sherman has done, he seems to do better against bigger receivers than he does against speedier receivers. So I think San Francisco might put him on DK Metcalf. And I know Richard Sherman's name doesn't have a lot of cachet anymore, but he, he really has been playing pretty well this year. If you look at his numbers, he's he's been good. Um Pro Football has him. Uh, Pro Football Weekly has him ranked pretty high too in their rankings. He's he's done well this year. Um, so to me, DK Metcalf might find it uh, a hard going here. Josh Gordon is a guy who I'm putting on my red whites here because I just he's just coming in. I don't expect him to be a huge part of the offense right away. I think that's going to take a couple weeks for him to find his footing. Uh, Rashad Penny's another guy. Well, Chris Carson's a guy who I'm giving a yellow white to, and I. I think he's going to get most of the opportunity. A guy who's going to have limited opportunity in a bad matchup. I just, I, I don't feel comfortable throwing out there. And Matt Burita is another guy who I'm putting on a red white. Again, um, this is a guy who I like a lot, but he's just not getting the opportunity that guys like Tevin Coleman are. And when he does get the opportunity again, he's got a, a pretty tough matchup here too. Seattle's pretty good against the run. So I feel like the, they're, they're going to uh, San Francisco is going to have to throw the ball um, a little bit more in this game than what we're used to seeing them do. And uh, I think that can affect some of the running back touches. So uh, Stompy, uh, before we sign off, am I, uh, am I off on, uh, on any of these? What do you think? No, I think, God, I mean, it's, it's hard to say Russell Wilson is a green light against the 49ers, but it is Russell Wilson. Like you said, he gets the job done week in, week out. So it's hard to sit him. I can't do it with Jimmy Garoppolo. I know he had a good game last week, but I just can't do it. He just is not a good quarterback. And I mean, I, I can see him being a yellow light, but it just, no, I'm good. <laughs> I can't do it with the green light. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really tough for me too, because I'm, I'm, I don't know that I, I, I know I don't love the guy. Um, either. I, I don't think he's great, but I do think he's found a little groove here. Um, and I think with Kittle being, you know, this is a good, great matchup for Kittle. And I think that's the safest option for Jimmy G to, to utilize. I think he will. And, uh, and I think Emmanuel Sanders has really helped him a lot too. Um, just because he's such a smart, savvy veteran and he just looks, he looks really good since he's come over there. So I think those two pieces really help him um, kind of, kind of elevate his game a little bit more than, than what I think, uh, you know, is probably closer to reality for him. But uh, I think with that being said, I think San Francisco is going to throw the ball enough and he'll be decent. But I understand. I I, I do. Um, there, there are a few players that I have the same thing with where I just, I, I don't think they're good. So I'm not, Kalen Balazs was one of them for me. I put him as a red white just because I didn't think he was good. Like you said, volume is there and he could end up being a yellow white. I didn't even argue with you because I get it. But I just don't think he's good. So that that I, well, I don't think I don't think Kalen Balages either. It's just volume. But I I mean I'm gonna push back a little bit on the volume argument for Jimmy G. They are dead last in the league in terms of 
pass to run ratio. They are throwing mm-hmm. the ball only 44% of the time. Yeah, no, I, I, I know that they are very, very run heavy. Um, and that's, that's, you know, kind of traditional with Kyle Shanahan offenses too, when he has his say, um, you know, they like to run the ball a lot. They run that zone blocking scheme, which is very effective when, when, uh, when the linemen are blocking correctly. So uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's just it. And that's, that's why to me, um, I had to state several times that I, I, you know, why I like Tevin Coleman and I like Matt Barreda. I have them ranked lower because I, I do think that in this game, Seattle is going to make them pass the throw the ball. And I, I also think that that's, that's probably where you're going to beat the Seattle Seahawks. So um, it'll be interesting to see this game. Can, can San Francisco rely more on the pass if that's what they have to do uh, to, to win this game? Um, but yeah, that, that'll be something for us to monitor for sure. Stompy, you got any last words for our, uh, for our listeners before we sign off here? Good luck, I guess. Hope you, if you're playing me, you lose. Good luck, unless you're playing me. Love it. That's that's about what I got for everybody, too. Stompy, thanks again. Um, you can follow Stompy at FFStompy on Twitter. You can follow me at underscore James the Brain on Twitter. And again, listeners, a reminder. Stay sexy and super flexy. Ah, love it. All right. Oh, my shorty, deep breath.